somewhere in space. This may all be happening right now. An adventure unlike anything on your planet. The story of a boy, a boy, and a universe. A big, sprawling space saga of rebellion and romance. It's a spectacle, light years ahead of its time. It's an epic of heroes. And aliens from a thousand worlds. A billion years in the making. Starburst Radio. The greatest radio show in the universe. Every Sunday, 9pm until midnight. Exclusive to Manchester Radio Online. All the latest movie, TV and entertainment news. For a free lifetime subscription, check out our website on starburstmagazine.com.
to Starburst Radio from Manchester Radio Online and it's a very special show this evening for many reasons of which I will get into them. The first one, we do not have Chris Hayes so we have a co-host a, who is standing in for Chris who I will be introducing in just a moment and it's also the special edition of the show which deals with our official launch party. Now, anyone who's quite new to the show and not been tuning in every week, the, this is the official radio show of the UK's longest-running film, fantasy, movie, TV magazine, Starburst, which, if you've not been on yet and you've not had a look, you can register for free, and you've got a 300-page magazine and all the stuff that goes with it, and all you've got to do is go on to starburstmagazine.com. So if you've not done that, have a look, and I think you'll be impressed with what you see there. If you're into movies, you're into anything, sci-fi, horror, fantasy, TV, uh, movies, anything you want news about, anything you want information about. We've got columns, we've got everything on there, so check it out. Um, yeah, Chris Hayes usually uh, deals with it with me, and he does the news, which is a shame, because he also missed our launch party for the magazine, which was uh, held at the Fab Cafe Cult TV Movie Theme Bar. And that brings us to uh, today's co-host, who is Graham Rees, and he is the uh, general manager of the Fab Cafe brand. 
Good evening. Yes, yes, you're lucky we've let you back in here because anybody who remembers about four weeks ago on the night that we launched the magazine online, because uh, Starburst is an mag- online magazine, we uh, found out what happens when... Uh, Bottles of champagne explode. I was I? I was a victim of physics. I don't actually think it was your <laughs> fault. I think you it was past a parcel and you unfortunately got the uh, you got it at the wrong time, didn't you? So pretty much. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll I'll uh, go well, with that excuse. It well, works for me. If anyone wants to have a look, they're all podcasts. These shows, so you just got to go on starburstmagazine.com, check out the podcasts, and you'll find the one where he does that. It's very, it's actually amusing. So, yes, uh, I'm Mike Royce, the editor of Starburst magazine, and as I've said, we've not got uh, Chris Hayes, the news editor, with us today, but we're going to go through the news anyway. Also, uh, at the party, we're going to start by talking about that, but we are going to play interviews with our writers that were conducted at the party, because at the party we had in attendance our honorary editor-in-chief, Des Skin. If anyone's not aware of who he is, he's one of the main people involved in UK comic books. He's the British Stan Lee. He ran Marvel UK for many, many years, and he founded Starburst magazine in 1978. It was historically the first magazine to cover Star Wars, and it's very important for that. And it's great that he's on board with us, and it's great that he took time out from his very, very busy life to uh, come and help us launch the magazine officially. Well, obviously, it's been online for and published for about three, three weeks now, and obviously we wanted an opportunity to celebrate. So, yeah, you let us put a big bash on, didn't you? Uh, yeah, my pleasure. It was uh, it was great to have everyone down. Um, nice to meet Des. Uh, Did you survive? Just about. He's, he's quite a character. He's, he's, he's a ball of energy. He's yeah, like a, he's, uh... a big explosion that just happens, isn't he, Des? Um, I, I didn't know what to expect the first time I ever met him. And uh, I've obviously been speaking to him for a while and we've been chatting about Starburst and the direction it's going. In, and I, I thought, I wonder what, what he'll be like at this event. And I actually said to you, maybe we could talk him into saying a few words after I gave the speech to oh, the writers. There was absolutely no no talking him into <laughs> anything, was there? It was a no. case of, uh, I'm, I'm, I almost saw the fishing hook to... Uh, <laughs> nearly got wrestled off stage. Grab right? you around the collar and yeah, off you oh, went. No. Listen, he's got a lot more interesting things to say than I did. So. I'll, I'll probably concur on that. But, well, uh... when you're with someone name-dropping, I've met some people and I've worked with some people, I could, I could do a little bit of it, maybe, if I was forced to, but uh, when he starts name-dropping. He's name-dropping George Lucas, Stan Lee, uh, it, it was directors. I did have quite a surreal conversation with him, um, where, because uh, I've confessed to make growing up, I didn't I didn't really, uh, uh, I was more of a, an Amiga sort of yeah. geek, so I didn't, I didn't read Starburst growing up, but uh, um, I, I soon discovered having a chat with Des that basically everything I'm into, all roads lead to Des, more or less. It was like, all right, okay, so you're... It's you're astonishing. Sort of, uh, He's it, got a website if anyone wants to find out about this guy that we're talking about. If you've not heard of him, it's actually worth a look. His name's Des Skin. It's S-K-I-N-N. If you have a look at him online, he's got a big website and it goes through all his history and all the stuff he's done and he's, it's incredible. And if you've not heard of him, really, you want to have a word yeah. with yourself there. Cause <laughs> yeah, you need to sort yourself out, sort yourself out. So, uh, yeah, the big news this week was our party. That went well. We had a lot of the writers turned uh, up and we got to meet them for the first time, didn't we? Absolute cracking bunch. Um, it was nice, actually, there was a couple of... Um, uh, from Wales, I'm a Welsh lad myself, and Paul Mount literally um, 
lives down the road from where I used to live, so... A lot of our writers yeah. were very well, so I thought um, about that was interesting. So that was cool, um, reminiscing about uh, certain areas of uh, Cumbrian and Cardiff and whatnot, so... I see. So but, things happened there then, though. I, d I didn't know that. Like, well, yeah, well, they filmed they filmed Doctor Who as well as any... Absolutely. ...many other things. Ah, Torchwood, yeah. obviously. Torchwood, yeah, I mean, he's uh, Russell T. Davis, he really... Had a big connection with Cardiff, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. That's the uh, that's the thing. But it's yeah, it's it was great. I loved meeting everybody. Um, again, it, you, um, I've been dealing with Paul Mount for ages. He's been helping me. He's been the backbone of getting the magazine back on uh, on track because he's from the old Starburst, and we, right, we've yeah. got an amazing mix of old and new writers from the old magazine back in the day, seventies, eighties, nineties and a lot of new blood, and it, the mix is incredible. And we cover, there's 20, 23, I think, or 22 columns we've right. got on at the moment, and they cover everything from horror, from fantasy, to old-school uh, cinema, to old 50s sci-fi, new new uh, books. We've got a brilliant book column. Well, we've got I'm, comic yeah. books covered, everything, gaming, yeah. social media, anything you're into is on there. And, um, yeah, yeah, say we got to meet Kate Fathers from uh, Book Wormhole, we got Robin Pierce, there's Ian Mapp, there's loads of them, but I've got interviews from, from them, All which right, we're going to be That's playing cool. throughout, which we'll go to our first one in a little uh, a little bit. Um, so, do you, you think, I thought it was good then? Oh, I had a great Went time, well. a great time. I have to say it was, uh, I think I, I ended up leaving at about four o'clock uh, in the morning. Um and I left. Uh, I left Paul and Martin Unsworth with the uh, with the shift manager to, to lock up. Good. Those 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 boys can drink. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, we'll get we'll get on with a little bit of news now. Um, yeah, this week's been very 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 Doctor Who centric. The news this week. Well, yeah, there's been a lot going on. Obviously, the last the last episode was on last night. Now. I I was blown away by yeah, that. And in case peach, anybody so. is listening that's not seen it last night and you've recorded it, we won't go into um, details of a major spoiler that happens at the end. I and cross my heart things. and hope to die. Yeah. I have I have form on this. So yeah, I'm I know to, uh... you have. So we have to be careful. You'll get uh, you'll get us in a lot of trouble if you ruin that for anyone. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, it it I just thought it was. Great. I thought it ended brilliantly. Um, every single bit of it I really loved, except for the bit where that annoying pirate from that really crap episode about uh, five weeks ago I've, turned up. But I'll forgive them. I think that's more a case of you not liking the character rather than the criticism of the writing there. Cause oh, it, it's just it, it things, you know, and it's like, oh, go away, go well, on. Every series has got to have a Jar Jar, hasn't it? Really? Yeah, well, that was rubbish, that one. But, uh, but this one was absolutely spectacular. But any doubts so. I think anyone had about it maybe not quite pulling stuff together or doing it. A, and a, Matt Smith. Yeah, oh, and Matt, well, Matt Smith's amazing in this. Everyone really, likes really him, brilliant, don't they? Brilliant. He's doing really well as the Doctor and he's playing it really Oh, the, that, that was the, the last episode. I, I hate to get caught caught up in all the hyperbole, but yeah. no, you know what? Every now and again it's justified and, and, oh, and, yeah. and he was. He's a tour de force in this episode. Yeah, he, uh, was, he, he was great, Absolutely he? brilliant. So, uh, yeah, if anybody's listening out there who wants to contribute to tonight's show studio at manchesterradioonline.com do you think that matt smith's good do you like the new doctor who do you hate it do you hate all of the new doctor who and like the old one whatever just let us know also we we covered we've had a lot of news covered in starburst this week that's been 
quite important, but one that I really liked, and I told you about, you had a look at it, didn't you? Yeah, the, yeah. The anime Doctor this, Who. This blew my mind. Now, I absolutely, uh, unbelievable. any of you want to see this, it's on the front page of starburstmagazine.com, yeah. so have a look at it and watch it. It's, it's not that long, it's about, I think it's around about eight to ten minutes, and it's, it's basically this fan fan has got, done a two and a half year project his name's paul johnson and he decided to use john pertwee's third doctor who the, the, the third doctor from uh, the 70s he used him which is a bold move because he's quite older he's a yeah. lot older than now they've sort of moved into using younger people for the role haven't they but, yeah so, but he was quite he was quite hard who wasn't he as yeah far he, as well he go. had uh, venusian karate or something right. <laughs> he, he, he was more action-packed and none of them have really fought much since then no i've never, really I've never seen the, the doctor has been a particularly physical yeah, but this individual that he played in more of an action right. role a bit bondy and would get stuck in um and they don't seem to have gone that way again well i've got again a confession on mm. that i mean in terms of old who growing yeah. up i was I, I, I wasn't a religious viewer shall we say and i've certainly only really got Ooh. got into it since it well, came back you know back. we've took chris hayes to to Hooniversity indeed indeed because he, he's going on i said look you are working for this magazine and this is one thing he knows everything encyclopedic knowledge on anything it's like when you're out it's astounding the stuff he he knows but he's never watched doctor who until the other week so at right on an earthly child william hart now bang off get, you go see and he came <laughs> back and yeah glowing first review didn't like the rest of it thought it was dead slow but that sort of TV back then in the 60s, things were, you know. Yeah, you have to, but, you have to consider all that. So I'm hoping we're, we're, it's the Daleks next I'm going to set him through, we'll see. But, but yeah, back to the uh, anime Doctor Who that we're talking about. Basically, yeah. it's an anime, Japanese-styly. It, it looks great. It's, it's brilliant. The action sequences are straight out of an anime. I could not believe, one, it wasn't licensed. Yeah. Two, it was just some guy that kind of done it it yeah. wasn't a professional um, it's amazing isn't it thing. uh it's it's mind-blowing watch it you 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 will yeah. not regret but the it's there on, on the front on page go and have a look at it now it's it's um, really it's interesting. a great story it's now you made me smile laugh go ooh ah, it was uh, brilliant the bit that really got me because it's got characters and it's got all the stuff from the program you've got Daleks, Cybermen, Sontarans, all sorts of other people yeah. turning up. The Brigadier turned yeah, up. That, and then the bit that, that really, really nice blew me see. away was that all of a sudden uh, you hit, they start talking. Uh, it's John Pertwee's voice. That he's yeah, yeah, they've obviously just taken cuts out and, and lifted the Brigadier, it in. So you're actually watching this thing and they're actually the, the voice talent of yeah. the original. Yeah. And it doesn't matter because you forget which episodes they're from so you, you just feel like oh, you're watching it's, something it's, new. it's absolutely massive the way it's done sadly it. passed on. Yeah. And in, in the case of Nicholas Courtney not that long ago. So um, brilliant, absolutely superb. So I like that. Well, I think we've got another big uh, Doctor Who story that came up in, during the course of the week. But I think we'll take a quick break because what I want to do, I want to play one of the interviews that uh, took place at the party. Now, um, our roving reporter, uh, Rylan Cavill, he, uh, he uh, caught up with Robin Pierce. Now, he's the uh, writer that does... The future imperfect oh, column. I really like this guy's column, and, uh, and we got on with him great because we like we like yeah, Robin. Another Welsh boy. It's uh, it's ridiculous. I don't see, understand this. Well, it's let's, the Wales, the new backbone of genre. Yeah, it's uh, well, let's catch up with uh, Rylan and Robin. 
Okay, I'm here with uh, Rob Pierce, who does the Future Imperfect column for Starburst magazine, and uh, he's going to hear tell us about how he got involved with Starburst first of all. Well, you know, I was reading Starburst from the very first issue back in 1978 when I was a wee kid of 17. I've read every issue since, and to be honest with you, I was pretty upset when it stopped publication two years ago. So to be writing for the magazine that I've read for my entire adult life now, you know, it's, it's a dream come true. I'm literally living my own dream. So how did you get involved with the new Starburst then? Um, I was part of an online community, and I think one of my friends who writes for another magazine, as, as have I, got in touch and said that Starburst was coming back, and it was, you know, big news for all of us. So I checked the web link he gave me and saw that they were interviewing for writers, and uh, or at least trying writers out. And um, from there I just got in touch and, you know, um, sent them some samples, gave them the link to my own website as a kind of a showpiece, and um, I was lucky enough to get selected. Fantastic. So uh, what were you doing in the meantime, sort of, just, just before you got in with Starburst? Well, I had been writing for another magazine, and it was going in a different direction from the one that I had originally signed up for. So basically I, I quit doing that, and uh, I was languishing around, toying with my, my own website, and, you know, just taking a break from writing. But, you know, if you're a writer, you're right. You, you can't get away from it. It's in your blood once you start, you can't stop. <laughs> So uh, when you approached the magazine, uh, did you have a column in mind that you wanted to do? Did you have anything that they, uh, they, they proposed to you, perhaps, a column? How did you approach that? Well, um, the editor got in touch with me and asked me to pitch him some ideas, and I quickly got the, the impression that he had read the magazine throughout his, his adult life, as had I, and we, we both had... We were both channeling similar sort of columnists like John Brosnan, Paul Mount and people like that, you know, um, that we've been reading all these years. And um, one of the things that I like to specialise in is the old nostalgic retro stuff that I used to enjoy as a kid because, you know, everybody knows TV was better when you were a kid, right? Oh, completely. You know, the amount of TV that I watch on, on TV these days, it's rubbish. The stuff that I watched when I was a kid, fantastic stuff. So uh, what can we expect from your column in the uh, near future? Well, I'll be plundering the deepest, darkest corners of my own video collection, which comprises about 3,000 DVDs. Um, I've got cult series, I've got cult films. The, the column is actually called Future Imperfect, and that implies where, you know, we've taken a view of the future that hasn't actually turned, turned out quite that way, so... You know, we'll, I've taken a look at Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, which was actually set in the late 70s, early 80s, back in 1960s, and, you know, we know that there aren't that many glass-nosed nuclear submarines <laughs> with a full nuclear capability around these days. <laughs> so, be, um, yeah. yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun look at some old treasures, I think. Yeah, so do you think perhaps you'll uh, time your columns with the uh, various films and so on that uh, occurred as, at uh, 2012, 2013, perhaps, and going forward like that? That's a good idea. Um, we're already skirting the issue of sort of uh, tying in with the big releases because uh, up in the summer, I'm just putting the finishing um, touches to a, a column that I'm writing at the moment, which, um, not to give too much away, it'll be a big summer movie, and he carries a shield with a star on it, OK? No. <laughs> I, I think perhaps some people might guess <laughs> what that's about. And, of course, um, if I'm thinking what it is, it possibly filmed in Manchester as well, wasn't it? Yes, yes, parts of it were filmed in Manchester, and I'm taking a look at the, uh, the characters, you know, cinematic history from movie serials in 1943 to the cartoons to the, the ill-fated 
you know, TV pilot to the 1970s to the Matt Salinger movie. So tying a lot together then in this. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's giving me about 3,000 words and it's never quite enough. <laughs> it never is. Okay, thank you very much indeed and enjoy the party. We'll speak to you again soon, no doubt. Thank you. Yeah, and that was uh, Robin Pierce talking uh, to Rylan, our roving reporter, at the Starburst launch party about his column. And if you want to have a look at that, it's on the site. It's Future Imperfect, and it's on starburstmagazine.com, Robin Pierce, And he's an all-round great guy. Uh, I have to say, he was one of the very first writers that came on board with Starburst, and right, okay. his contribution has been... Uh, well, I've told you many times yeah, about yeah. him, and, and when you get to meet him, he's so down-to-earth and awesome. So we're a big fan. And, uh, yeah, I forgot to actually say what we're going to be doing this show. Uh, I was in such a hurry to get on. Normally, you see, Chris gets launched. Usually it's really things. well organised and slick. Yeah, so. well, you know, well, I, oh, <laughs> listen, last week's show was I, officially you I heard, that show. I heard, Yeah, uh, that was a car crash of a radio show on a level that I've never, <laughs> and, and funnily enough, it's the one I've never had so many emails going brilliant, that was br- I think they just people like a tragedy, don't they? Pretty much. Um, but no, things are going smoother this week, thankfully, and, and there are no plug sockets being yanked out and nothing's collapsing So far, I'm, I'm, I'm firmly touching the four mic. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, t- what we're going to do, a bit more news, and we're going to, throughout the show, be playing some interviews with our writers, and we, we're going to finish with a really good interview between the uh, Deskin, the creator of the, all these UK Marvel comics and Starburst, and myself at the, the do, a passing of the torch ceremony almost that into that interview um and then we've got uh, we're going to do a bone of contention at the very end of the show which is about the dc comics reboot where they're restarting everything see, I, from I the beginning i can almost see the steam coming out of your ears I, well, as you're saying that i'll we'll make my position clear later <laughs> i have reservations clearly and we need to go through that so that's our bone of contention and do you want to go and see X-Men First Class? And should you, we're going to be reviewing that as well before the end of the show. So plenty to uh, get your teeth into. Now, back to the news. Um, you you read that article that was in Starburst about um, IMDB, Internet Movie yeah. Database, put that, that well-known bastion of, of uh, truth of and inaccuracy, <laughs> all in one article usually, yeah. Um, well, there was a rumour started and we thought, right, we need to get to the bottom of this because if it is actually true, it's brilliant, but if it's not, it's uh, we need to find out. And Internet Movie Database put up a cast list for the final episode of Doctor Who, which yep. is going to be on in October, and it had Matt Smith on as Doctor Who, and then there's David Tennant, Doctor Who, okay. and Peter Davison, <coughs> Doctor Who. He's so, the cricketing one, yeah. Yeah, he's the one who's into cricket, and I know you're referring to a show that was on <laughs> the other week. Really, let's move swiftly on. Um, yeah, the, uh, the the fact is, the they were saying, according to that, that all of them are in it, like a big, all three Doctors. As in the one we've just seen, that was supposed to uh, be... No, they, oh. it's, they've, they've had a mid-season break. That oh, was right, the last oh, sort of the, the, the yeah. major finale. It was right. the, uh, they're coming back in, is it three months, and then the, there's another six episodes. Yeah. And I believe the final one is, is this one that we're talking about. So, yeah, we got in touch with the BBC, and the BBC got back to us straight away and just said, no, sorry, uh-uh. Internet Movie Database got it wrong, but it was, See, it am was I right a, fun in thinking? Of, a fun rumour because uh, it, it's unfortunately what everybody wants to happen. They want, with this new Doctor Who, yeah. the, the, none of the old Doctors have, have met 
Whereas in the old classic Doctor Who, you would often have... On the 10th anniversary yeah. they first did it, when it was 10 years old, you had William Hartnell, um, Patrick Trout and, and John Pertwin. Oh, I think, I've seen, yeah, I think I've seen yeah. that. And they did it with the five Doctors and you've had a few. And they, they meet in exceptional circumstances. I'm assuming that they, yeah, I was about to say, I'm yeah. assuming that they, that they get around it using stories. a bit of the, the wibbly yeah. wobbly stuff and, and yeah, all that. Yeah, I mean, of, uh, it's supposed to be all against the laws of time and yeah. all this, but, but, you know, the time lords are supposed to be dead now, uh, aren't if they? If it's good enough for Marty McFly, it's good enough mm. for Doctor Who. So, so that's what, you, they make no bones about it, that is the one new piece of news that a Doctor Who fan will, yeah. if, if it uh, came up tonight that, there were five Doctors going to be in one episode. That's a guaranteed... Uh... They'd freak out. But it's difficult to pull them off as well, because... I'll be honest, though, I mean... don't look like they did... I, yeah, I mean, uh, the, the, the issue that Not I have harsh, with that... by the way, that, that wasn't... Well, I mean... You know. Yeah, but the, the thing is, is, is I think if you, if you try and shoehorn these things in, I'm sure some, some you know, Stephen Moffat's a good enough writer not to, but... I just get the feeling that if you that if they were to do that for 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 just the sake of it, it, it would impact what is turning out to be a, an absolutely fantastic series, and could 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 potentially ruin it for all the sake of you know a PR stunt effectively. Yeah. Um, so hopefully that they. they well, <coughs> yeah, the only problem is we we cleared it up and then straight away underneath on yeah. the comments I noticed it because we all have comments on yeah, all yeah. the news articles and there was a comment there where because obviously everyone was oh right yeah, okay of course. and um, we yeah I did notice that the comment underneath was ah but is this a double bluff are they just throwing so, you off the scent ah, because no, you've found out but they now they've categorically said to us because this is what I was it, interested it, it, in um, if you phone someone. Like like the BBC, and you ask them to confirm a rumor. Am I right in thinking that they that they can deny it? But if they deny it, then that's yeah. sort of they can't really deny something that's true. Mm-hmm. But they can refuse they to confirm. They can just it. refuse to confirm. Yeah, we if did, it's, we, yeah. they'll avoid it. They'll right, avoid okay. it, and they won't. They won't come on and say what they did to us because. The, uh, Jim's got a good relationship with him, uh, Jim Boone, and so is Chris right. Hayes, and and we've got we as a mag we're quite. Wait, let's put it this way: when we phone, Quite well up, connected. They, 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 when we phone up, they chat and yeah. they, will, they will tell us things. So that was it. Was a good. It was good. You have to give me the secret when I phone up. They just well, that's because that's we we'll just give you if you had an email address from from us, you'd be all right. That's what does it gets gets you gets you to see all the films for nothing and gets your little presents sent to you. It's lovely and then you review stuff. It's but that's how you get. It. But, but I'll tell you now, they wouldn't have denied it like that, and it's not happening. No. I might opinion. Enough. And, yeah. and if you, anyone wants to write the time and date that I've said that down and nail it in my coffin later on in the year, yeah. if, it, if it goes wrong, um, yeah. I'll fine. be honest though, if it was going to be three doctors, yeah, uh, or two two others with with Matt Smith, I would really love for one of them to be Paul Paul McGann. Yeah, I would. Because I think he obviously uh, the, the the whole I American would. one didn't work brilliantly, oh, but he I'd was a great to. screen doctor. And, I and, think. and he still looks. The same, and if you put a wig on him, because um, yeah. uh, he wore a wig for that, that wasn't his hair. They wanted to, a sort of a bouffant sort yeah. of and kind and, of a cross and, between Colin Baker and a silver, hair, don't they? Yeah, and a Sylvester McCoy but, kind yeah, of I'd hybrid. Like to see that? I, I'll be honest with you, uh, Tennant, him, um, um, yeah, I, I think that'd be good. Then, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, some of them won't will under no circumstances seemingly do it again. Well, there's a few can't. 
Clearly, oh, you know. <laughs> yes, I wasn't talking about people who are dead, am I? Obviously, you know, what, what, that, that goes without saying, it's a given. It's just that there are some actors who probably would prefer not to reprise the role, that's all. Yeah, fair enough. Especially ones that come from Salford. Yeah. But I don't know, uh, I don't know if that's true or not, so I'm not elaborating. Uh, so I heard a rumour the other day that he's actually really quite cool about it all. Um, Maybe. I, not because he's, I think he's got this reputation of being really aloof and not signing stuff and all yeah. that. And, and leaving shows after one, one year. Ah, but wasn't that just a pre a prerequisite anyway? He two said, "Listen, stories. I'm an A-lister. It. It'll right. get it greenly." Because let's face it, if you're Russell Davis and you have an option to launch it with David Tennant or Chris Eccleston, the studio's going to go, or the BBC are going to go, "What? You've got Chris right. Eccleston of super movie fame? Yeah, where do we sign?" I I think you might be right. The rumour is, and I, I mate that uh, used to work at BBC and he yeah. knew some of the writers and he said to me that he, he that is exactly what happened. Right. They they greenlit it. It was a sure thing to get it greenlit with him on board. And they, they already had David Tennant lined up and yeah. he had worked with both of them. David Tennant was not a big enough name to get it off the ground, and, but he would. It, by the time the show got huge, the regeneration, it wouldn't matter. They, they yeah. knew he was Absolutely. a great actor and he'd carry it off. And he was a mate of Russell T. Davis, so apparently that was all preordained, yeah. Well, that's great. So, if that is true, then he's a great guy, and a lot of Who fans should, should basically hold him in incredibly high esteem for effectively making sure the show got back. Look, I'll, I'll tell you now, if he, he turned up at a Doctor Who convention, he'll be mobbed. He'll make yeah. no bones about it, he is, but it's just that I've heard that he... Still he, love him in Cracker, though. He's brilliant in Cracker, but again, he left really early on in that. He just hates to do stuff for long periods of time. He's known for not... He gets bored, or he's... I think I he's terrified of being typecast, Christopher Eccleston. I like that in an actor, though, because, I mean... it's, yeah, it's I, I, was, I was thinking the other day... Because it's through, lazy to stay yeah. with a TV show for God knows how many years. I think a lot of TV like, shows like, suffer from this, though, in terms of what, what I'd like to see more more often done... ...is people... <laughs> is, is, ...is people actually get back to the idea of, of a show being a miniseries, having a yeah. beginning, a middle and end. And if that lasts for three seasons, well, only make three seasons. Absolutely. If it's really big, Absolutely. don't carry it on. So um, one quick brief piece of news before we um, we stop for a bit of music in a sec. Um, yeah, there was a very, very, very funny thing happened this week, wasn't there? The, 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 I really like this. Isaiah, is it, do you pronounce his name Isaiah? It is Isaiah, isn't yeah. it? Isaiah Mustafa, the old Spice guy. Yeah. That amazing advert. If any of you have not seen it, it's absolutely fantastic, it's, and it's, it, it's it, great advert. I, I actually yeah. went out and bought Old Spice yeah. after watching this advert. You sad bastard. It was a great advert. That easily led. Yeah. It's a great advert, yeah. But what, what else are you going to... Are you going to buy Tampax now? Whoa. Some of them are Actually, do you know what? I did the other oh, day. Oh, yeah, it, right. It, it, it wasn't for me. It's but... not a real man. He's been buying, he's been oh, buying sanitary items. No, no, that, it's exactly that that makes me a real man. I'm only joking. <laughs> okay, I'll get you lots of backlash now. I've, I've, I've been here before. I've yeah. been here. I accused Kate Winslet of being a, a womanly figure the other week. It didn't go down that well. I believe I just, the, t the term you should have used was, dug out of a grave was Ruben esque. Out of that. <laughs> I, just said to, I said she was normal. I was really joking. And then Chris is a sob because he knows when I'm getting in trouble and then he makes it worse. And then it goes on. And then I start getting emails and then I've got to defend myself to these emails and then 
next minute, I'm a complete arsehole. Yeah? Not that I wasn't one to begin with, it's just that I've, I've clarified it for everyone. Anyway, the Old Spice... Oh, I didn't even say it. Old Spice guy. Darren Aronofsky. And, uh, yeah, i still struggling with all of that stuff. That's to say, it's, that's why Isaiah Mustafa, I got it. Got it, nailed it. Um, he likes the Marvel superhero, Luke Cage, so he actually did a trailer of himself with same style as the Old Spice advert with him being Luke Cage. Yeah, Marvel it, it's, it's absolutely brilliant. If, on if on, on them two it. levels, one, one it's hilarious to watch it, it but secondly, yeah, you know what? He, he wouldn't make a bad Luke Cage. No. Well... Need I'd, to bolt up a little bit, but not much more. Yeah. But he'd, uh, yeah. Well, for those of you who don't know who Luke Cage is, he's a Marvel Comics character, but he's kind of like the Shaft. He's this big... Um, black guy that's really, really tough, impervious to pain and all the rest of it. He's bulletproof and he's, uh, he's a big powerhouse sort of superhero and he's the, a yeah. tough dude character like, um, like Shaft. A yeah. really good black character. Sometimes he's been, in the past, if you saw his costume in the 70s, he had a big afro and he's a big chain Quite, for a belt. Um, he, it was ridiculous. He was this cliched stereotype. So, he had <laughs> yeah. token black guy in the Avengers. Yeah. Yet. But now they've written him lately in the new Avengers and new comic books into this really cool character. Right. And now you've got really, and a lot of black guys who are in acting as a profession. Yeah. You know, it's one of them they really fancy themselves a bit as that role. Because it's well, like, I, I, cool I, I, I read somewhere someone chip, chipped in on the, you know, the whole Thor thing with yeah. Idris Elba playing, um, mm. who was, Brit uh, those who don't know him, he started out in Ultraviolet back in the day, which yeah. was just superb, yeah. love the guy, he's great, and he said it's it's not to do with whether he's black or white, whatever, he's just gutted that he played Heim Heimdall in that, because it's not yep. a massive role, and he mm. would have been perfect for someone like Luke Cage, and actually carried... A, a full franchise. Well, so. there was all a big debate over that. Oh, why is this god a black guy and all that? And at the end of the day, East East not really matter for debate, is it? It's not really a problem, is it? It didn't ruin the film for me. It was all right. It, technically, it wouldn't be the case, would they? No, but. but it doesn't matter because he's got a bloody good voice as well. I really liked his voice. If you're going to have someone playing a god, you know. Oh, yeah, got uh, big, booming. Yeah, he is. Anyway, I think we need to take a quick break and we will be back with you in just a few minutes.
Radioonline.com from Manchester with love. Manchester Radio Online is brought to you by Amicus Computers. And welcome back to Starburst Radio. And that was uh, that's one of your you like that group, don't you? Oh yes, the uh, the mighty Jefferson Airplane. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. Brilliant. And uh, theme from our man Flint as well. As you probably realise, if you are a regular listener, it's all intellectual this show, and we all have. <laughs> Sometimes intellectual, and we do have very, very specific music, movie and TV music on, and it's all themed, and we don't just play any old nonsense. It's all no. Off the hand, you ends. guys, you guys do, uh, you do play some, play, play some, some good, good stuff. stuff. Well, we, I was hoping that we'd get that X Men first class soundtrack on time. The pre, there's a apart preview. from the last track. Yeah, they, well, we'll get into that. We'll yeah. get into that. When when we do the review, but back back on with the news. Let's do a piece of news, and then we'll go for another interview because we've got an interview coming up with our uh, our comic indie comics guy Ian Matt, and we met him again. Cool I'll guy. Get, yeah. Get, let's. I'll when we play that, I'll give you a clue. You've got to guess where he comes from. And, yeah. And I don't think you'll have much problem with that. I do, I do feel like we've just. Taken the population of that country and, and employed them all. There's only about crazy. four of us. So I think uh... that, that's probably <laughs> it, isn't it? Yeah. Right, back onto this piece of news because you are an online gamer. You like the PS3 and I uh, do. and all this. Right, Call of Duty online. The, yeah. the big thing caused a bit of a stink this week where yeah. this Bobby Kotick, now people who don't know who he is, he's head of Activision and he's the genius that presided over the company. See, when for you a say while. genius, do you mean, do you mean prick? We might we might end up carrying advertising 
for for them for Call of Duty. Okay. So perhaps he he he. Well, that's your position. B- I'm just b- going to b- say my own personal. Yeah, that's one. true. You and, don't work. You I, don't I'm not work affiliated with Starburst, with Starburst magazine. So, that's so. Great. go on. What do you think then? Um, I think I've bought something mm. and I play it, mm. and now stay basically saying uh, if I want to to carry on playing it uh, at an optimised level that I have to pay for Get the privilege. Get it right, Call of Duty Elite. Elite, Elite yeah, yeah. special, that means big, Basically, what's happened is upon. I've been sold some really, really, really good, uh, let's, let's use uh, crack as the metaphor here, uh, and it's brilliant, it's pure, it's not cut with anything, okay. it's awesome, and suddenly... I'm getting then supplied with something that's cut with rat poison, but I can still right. get the really good stuff. But right. I've I've got to pay extra for it. Well, I I was involved in the, this because we were. Do, I was involved in this um, article. I was reading it all, and um, I was I was paying putting my two penneth in because uh, obviously I do. You know, at the end of the day, we're just reporting what we've been told. Now the guy Bobby Kotick has taken over and it's not gone that great for him to be honest now now i'll explain why because during his his uh, tenure yeah they it's guitar heroes bit the dust yeah now guitar hero was how do you do that touchable how 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 do you f- make because guitar hero I, fail i i'll give you my opinion yeah. based upon what's been going on and the figures and all the numbers that were coming out yeah um it seems that they brought out too many releases over too quick a period and people couldn't keep up with it and stop buying the stuff. Yeah. That's what the figures tend to say, that instead of maybe having one release every so often and a really good product, they he milks it too much, possibly. But I'm not going to get involved in that. I'm just saying the news article is that he said that there's going to be a fee. Then when he uh, he started to explain that they're going to pump more money into this service, and he says uh, it's and this is a quote. It was in the Wall Street Journal. This of all things, <laughs> you yeah. know, they're covering it because it's a business story. And he said this is an enormous investment, but. I did point out, I said, you want to cover the other part of this in it, because I was speaking to the uh, guys writing it, and, he, and I said, you know, you need to get across the fact that this investment is a part of the $1 billion that, that's been generated by the last Call of Duty game. Yeah, I've so got no issue. So he's actually giving you, he's investing that money, and then you, but that's the profits from the other game. Yeah. Surely that's what you're supposed to do, is it not? Do you not reinvest? I'm, yeah, I mean, anyway, I understand that gaming has, has to change with, with the advent of online gaming. But it's a real bugbear of mine that all this downloadable content, you know, a game gets released and downloadable con- content is available on the same day or the day after. So, and it's like, why not just put it in the game? So I've paid saying, for it. you're saying that these games now, they're holding back is what you're saying. Yeah. You're saying that they're holding back and they're putting a game out and they'll leave part of it at that you'll be expected to pay for. Yeah, so suddenly now, a £30 game is going to cost me 60 quid. Well, I had an experience that maybe some of the backs this up is um, playing the... Uh, oh, what is it? It's, got, it's terrible when you're on air and you can't remember stuff. The uh, That game that I really love, though, what you do... Uh, oh, Jeff gone blank. What is it? The uh, sci-fi one. That oh, I love. Uh, Mass Effect. Mass Effect, thank you. Um, I love Mass Effect. That great game, that great, I forgot it great live game. on radio. Um Mass Effect 2 came on, and then I bought some downloadable content, and I bought another. Two, I bought two characters 
They yeah. cost about a fiver or something each, so that's about ten quid, just on new characters. Now, when the new characters were bought, here's the thing that got me. There were some doors in the spaceship, and then all of a sudden those doors could now open, and that was their quarters, yeah? So you went on the adventure and you got right. them, and then back in the ship. So clearly there had to be something in the game that you've only, all you've done is unlock. Well, no, they yeah. probably just, just, just completely code, code in your ear. And I actually don't have as much Do issue you know, with that. I thought with, that uh, was a bit cheap. Because I it? did a similar thing with, with Dragon Age, uh, Origins. You get, mm. you got to bought the, buy that Shale character who was, uh, the, 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 oh, the, 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 and As yeah, well, but I, but, I buy all but these not, this that nonsense. was that was an extra three four hours of yeah. of, of gaming. Oh, I, I, I I'm love, cool with that. I, lo- I love I'm Dragon cool with Age. That. Oh, it's brilliant. Anyway, anyone out there, I don't want to start going on like a crazy geeky gamer, but it's dead good, and yeah. you need to. Now, I heard bad things about the second one, so I didn't bother buying it. So uh, I'm, I'm my my PC's I'm been stunned. out of commission for a while, so I'm go- I refuse to play it on the PS3. Oh yeah, forget so it. It's a PC forget game. It. No, just just to share. I think the, is it fair to say here we're unanimous on this, writing from the same page. Yeah, PC definitely. gaming. Yeah, P- we love PC. Never games. ever 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 buy something oh, yes. on the PS3 or Xbox that you can buy on a PC because it'll be better yeah, on the PC. I think you're probably right on that. Simple one. as. So I think we need to go and have a listen to Ian Matt, who Ryland caught up with at the official launch do and he deals with comic books and he's not afraid to discuss them at length and now i'm here in the noisy back with ian matt who is the comic book reviewer for starburst magazine so the first question what are your favorite comic books who are your favorite characters as well well at the moment there's always new comic characters coming out and there's current comic characters at the moment, I'm very much liking the Green Lantern at the mo- uh, because we've got a big summer blockbuster coming up. Yeah, very uh, soon, isn't it? Yeah. That's it, yeah. In fact, it'll be uh, two to three days after our publication of the second edition in July. Yeah, well-timed. <laughs> yes, so yes, we are looking forward to uh, seeing how Jordan hit the big screen and DC obviously hoping this will turn into a new cash cow like the Batman series did. So do you foresee some uh, sequels for this one then? I know already they've done um, a, a perfectly timed prequel for new people who've gone to see the film and go, I might read a comic or two, gone to their local comic shop, and there on the shelf there's something with the number one and the words Green Lantern written on it. So I think DC are pinning their bets at the moment on Green Lantern, but the big news for comics at the moment is also DC. Everything's going to be number one. Even your Batman, which is in the high 600s, come July and August, is going to be hitting number one. So again, catching on this movie-going crowd, hitting your comic shop, and not being put off by something which is in the five high 500s. So are these are uh, re-releases of previous number ones, or are these new number ones? They are new number ones. Oh, that's going to put the comic uh, comic crowd on edge, isn't it, a bit? Yes, I think Twitter and Facebook and all the blogs will be uh, breaking the internet in half, um, as already are at this at the moment. But... If it brings a new new blood into the comic book game and getting the pages turning and people reliving the Flash or your Green Lantern, your Superman, and to move on to Marvel, your X-Men, if it's new people coming into the comic store and not the same old, same olds, fair enough, it's a good thing. But how long these things will stay at number one before they revert back to whatever the original number was remains to be seen. So obviously you mentioned X-Men there. Um, how, do, how well does the new X-Men film tie in with the comics? Have you seen any prequels, uh, any previews, sorry? Uh, how well does that work? 
Yeah, I saw the new X-Men First Class at the time of broadcast that came out um, the night before. It's a very, very good film. It's a very fresh take. You have to have, you can go in watching and have no clue of what a mutant is, and you will come away having watched a very good film by the director of Kick-Ass. Really good stuff. As for how it's tying into the comics, no, I would argue not so well. I mean, it's a blank slate film. You can come away and... I hazard a guess there'll be a sequel. It's a Batman Begins style of uh, film. But when they go away and they pick up an X-Men comic book, chances are only one or two of the characters from the big screen will actually be inside said comic book. Okay, and also we've mentioned here the, the big screen ones, the ones that everyone's heard about. Um, going to like perhaps the smaller scale and the, sort of the backwater of the comic world, who in that sort of area, the people who sort of do it for the love of it are your favourites and why? Excellent. Uh, current favourite at the moment I've recently returned from the Bristol Comic Exhibition uh, three floors of a hotel were packed out with independent comic book makers people so go thriving still oh it is I mean um, these guys go to call centres or insurance jobs during the day they come home and they hit the sketchboard at night <laughs> They spend two and three hours doing it for no money just because they love it and they want other people to read it. I mean, independence are thriving at the moment. And now and again, every two to three years, an obscure title gets turned into a film. Mine's gone blank, so don't ask me for an example. <laughs> but I promise you, some point soon, something totally... Well, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, back from the 90s, no one heard of it but then it got turned into a film and then it became a fa um, powerful franchise. But no, it's moment, huge now. I mean, it's, uh, every, it's every, every person who's uh, 25 and over knows, of course, of the 80s cartoon series. It's part of nostalgia. It's part of current uh, contemporary culture, isn't it? Exactly. And that started off from a couple of art students ploughing away at their sketchboards. No idea if this is going to be funny, but all they would need was they could draw turtles and they could draw bandanas <laughs> and it made them a mint, I would like to think. Um, well, yeah, but at I mean, the moment... Where are they now? Exactly. I'd, I'd love to meet them. I mean, that's, I that's genius stuff. I know. But at the moment, what I'm liking is a, a taco saw, it's called. Right. Part robot, part dinosaur, all awesome, to quite give it this full tagline. Sounds bonkers. That's fantastic. But it is I, I, really, I, 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 really I want to read funny. This. <laughs> I could give you some of the quotes from the comic, but they're not broadcastable I'm afraid right so it's a little extreme in, it's a li in the I language think, yeah but I think Total Recall but recast with a Tyrannosaurus Rex that's a win in my book yes, I have to say well uh, thank you very much for talking to us I'm sure we'll, everyone will get on that bandwagon as soon as they possibly can enjoy the party and we'll speak to you soon a pleasure and that was Ian Matt one of our great writers who attended our launch and he's great but as I said any, any guesses where he comes from uh He's from the Ronda Valley, which is which is about twenty miles away from where I was born. Yeah. So that's the difference in geography from between accents. Yeah. Crazy, isn't it? That you're twenty miles from him. Yeah, that's literally amazing. That well, I tell you, it's it, what it what got me is Paul Mount. 
it's from from the Cardiff, valleys. Yeah. They, 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 so many Welsh. We've got so many Welsh writers. Well, I, I didn't I met, realize. I met, I met so. Philip Buchan and, and and he's got an accent. And I was, oh, you, you, you're from near West Wales, I think. Yeah. No, nah, he's a Geordie. Yeah, okay, <laughs> right. <laughs> but it was great. I made a right I fool mean, of myself. Everybody, every, everybody looked how I thought they'd look as well. I always had you have an internal picture, and everyone looked how I thought they'd look. And it's just it's great. And I've got the photos as well. So we're going to be doing an article, a feature. Um, oh, that'd be every good. every month, obviously, Starburst magazine is published uh, on the fourteenth. So all the columns, all the features get updated. Right, but so every that's... day we update the news and we update the reviews. It's a rolling news yeah, all cool. day long. You can be on there at three in the morning and something will come on. Come on, it's all day long, twenty four hours a day. Always log on and see what's going on. And the reviews are up. And that everything. does explain why Chris always looks tired whenever he comes in. He looks uh, tired, but he's not just him. There's, there's habits, a few so. others. So <laughs> we, we passed the baton about. You know, uh, yeah. We, when um, we're when I was watching X-Men, there was a trailer came on for this Planet I've seen of the this, yes. Now, uh, that was, that's what we Horrible covered. name for a film. We co- well, <laughs> it, what, what happened here, give you a background for this, yeah. The, this, this is, uh, obviously, the Planet of the Apes is a movie franchise. Yeah, brilliant, it's yeah, big, and, it, yeah. and those films are classics, the yeah. originals. But, uh, on paper, you had uh, a no-brainer with Tim Burton on paper. Doing a read, it should have been brilliant. Do, do, do you know my issue with that film? I there's just one, is there? Well, just one. Okay, my main issue with it that getting film. made. Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, he's terrible. He's 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 an actor who is he's yeah. he's a, he, I've never ever seen a clear example of someone who is a horse for a course. Yeah, there okay. are certain roles that he can yeah. play, and he is amazing. Yeah, and then but if he isn't the right guy for that role. He stinks Has he like. Has been to a, a Sam Worthington Academy? I think he might have. No, he's he's he better. Not? He's well better than Worthington. Is he? Yeah. Okay. Well, Three Kings. Well, I've not been. Yeah, Great. I like that he's film brilliant. and I liked um, him in it. But, but I will say that it isn't. It's very unfair to to compare people to Sam Worthington. It is. It's not on. I'm waiting for the, for IKEA to bring out the range. <laughs> he's just shocking, isn't he? He's shocking. Someone, please get a Facebook campaign going to stop him from getting movie roles or something. Mm. Uh, yeah, Jim's had a uh, an email um, over something. We'll get back to yeah. just over the downloadable content. But yeah, Rise of Planet of the Apes has come about because they, this is the latest attempt that obviously movies uh, movie companies have a franchise and yeah, they, of course. they'll leave it dead for a while but they'll always come back to the font they'll always come back and go right let's let's see if we can milk some more yeah. money or re- revitalize and sometimes it it you, sometimes um not all the time ends up with a bloody awful film yeah yeah sometimes they manage to do it successfully and this was uh, they de- they decided to tell the planet of the apes saga again yeah and it was called Rise of the Apes, yeah? And so, and all that's happened is, during the process, uh, some people were getting confused, and they had test, test screenings and tested people out like they do. I mean, yeah. it happened to me, me and Chris, we both, when we went to Las Vegas, there's a place um, not far from the CSI experience, which yeah. I keep been promising since I got back about six weeks to run a review on that and we haven't got time this show so we're definitely doing definitely it next, do it next week. week I'm going to cover the CSI experience I can't believe it. people think I've made that up I will tune in to exist. listen I will tune right. in to listen but next week for sure last last week I forgot to review a film as well 
because it was carnage in here. Yeah. So, uh, you know, th- this week, it's slick this week. It may not f- feel like it, but it is. Now, yeah, the Planet of the Apes thing is uh, they, they did the test screenings. And like I said, me and Chris, when we were there, they, there were people coming to us going, oh, do you want to come into this theatre and, uh, um, and, and watch some TV and just... You click a button on a on a um, a handset. Oh, and it's how much you like yeah, stuff, yeah, and, and it follows the curve. It. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Team on politics Ridiculous. shows a lot. So though, yeah, yeah, they've it's... done all the research on yeah. this, and they've said, yeah, people are not getting that this is a Planet of the Apes film because so, it's called Rise of the Apes, and it's obviously. See pre- the others. If for those of you who, who I'm quite an Apes fan, so I'm going to go through these now. You had Planet of the Apes, yeah. Beneath the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. And that killed the saga off because yeah. the Earth blew up in the future, yeah. and then that was it. And that was it, dead. And then they'd made so much money that they decided, oh, we're going to do it. And my personal favourite was the next one, Escape from the Planet of the Apes, where right, the apes yeah. actually came back in time, arrived here, and it started a circular story going. Right, yeah. and that's and the, that the led to, that... to it. And then you had Conquest of the Planet of the Apes, and it ended with Battle for the Planet of the Apes. And if you yeah. watch them all, it's a saga that's like in a big circle. Yeah. And so they've decided to start telling the story from the actual moment the apes get the intelligence and start to rise yeah. up. So Rise of the Apes, basically, they got feedback and they're saying people don't get it, it's a Planet of the Apes film and you're missing out because people will see Planet of the Apes on something and go, oh, gonna go and see that. Or the dad will want to go yeah, and see it because they love the, the saga. But... But it's a shame, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, well, I think they should have... They should have just... They couldn't call it Planet of the Apes because that's... In my opinion, three yeah. three films with that title kicking about, it's yeah. going to get lost somewhere or forgotten about, or people will go, oh, not another one. Um, they should have just come up with a better title of The Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Than, and have well, it that. Rise I mean, of The Planet of I the mean, Apes. I, is, yeah, yeah, but the thing is, from what I can gather, the film is about the apes... Planets don't rise, taking no, the apes over. rise, yeah. don't they? So it's, it's Rise silly. of the Apes. They had it right the first time, and right. they should have just gone, people are stupid. So, put, put The Planet of the Apes prefix yeah. on, Planet of the Apes... Mm. You know, uh, colon so, rise of the apes. I'm okay with that. That's... So we'll have to. I mean, we'll just be quick about it. I mean, the, the there is a new Planet of the Apes film. It's coming soon. We're carrying the uh, the trailer. It's on uh, StarburstMagazine.com. Have a look at it and uh, see what you think. What did you think, Graham? Of the trailer, yeah, it was superb. I'm really my my. The apes are sc- uh, it looks amazing. It looks brilliant. There's a there's there's a real yeah. sense of menace about it. Um, yeah. Even even James Franco looks engaged, which yeah. is kind of uh, yeah. He's, he's yeah. been. I don't think they've let anybody visit his trailer, have they? <laughs> while they've been filming this one, it's, re- it's really quite yeah. good. Uh, so yeah, so we're looking forward to that. I love Absolutely, it. So yeah. yeah, let's get ready for Rise of the Planet of the Apes later this year. And what we have now, we've got uh, Jim commenting on the downloadable content, and he says, and this is our Jim as well, Jim Boone, and he says the most annoying instances of this is the multiple games that have been shown to have already got the download content on the disc and that happens when you buy uh, you buy the game you've already got it on the disc and then when you buy the downloadable content it basically just sends a code that unlocks it now that's what i said to you about the mass effect yeah. i felt that was what oh, it's cheeky. It i thought i thought that in mass effect those bits were already in the game yeah. and i just unlocked them that's like but that's like that's me it. selling someone a pint of beer at fab yeah. with a with a false glass bottom halfway yes. down the glass that's what and i was you, thinking and if you give me an extra like 
couple of quid, I'll press a magic button that mm. makes it disappear and it's, it's a crock, right. isn't it? Well, well, we'll have a break for some, uh, for a little bit of music now, and then when we get back, we'll be, we'll probably go to an interview with the lovely Kate Fathers, who uh, is book wormhole and an amazing, amazing, amazing person uh, when it comes to books. She knows everything. She's she does. so into it. it yeah, the passion comes flowing out. And also, we want to continue with the news on the PlayStation Indeed. Network. And I'm sure we've got plenty to say about that. Passion. Variety. Freedom. ManchesterRadioOnline.com Thank you. 
apples, oranges, lemons. ManchesterRadioOnline.com And welcome back to Manchester Radio Online and you're listening to Starburst Radio. And we've had some emails in while we've been on our break. And again, hi guys, Roger here again from New Jersey. Loving the show. Any chance of you guys coming over here for the comic book or sci-fi conferences? I am spreading the news about your show. Roger, love to. If you, in fact, I'll give you my email address. It's jordan.royce at starburstmagazine.com. And for those of you who are thinking, oh, Jordan Royce, it's Jordan Michael. So I'm called my Royce and my mates call me that. So. There you go. So my email address, jordan.royce at starburstmagazine.com. Um, yeah, just let us know if some, you know, I'd, uh, we'd love to, uh, we'd love to see some and get over there. But I'm really glad that you listen. It's brilliant that you're enjoying it because we do have a lot of people over in the States that listen to the show. And I'm glad that you continue to listen even after the odd chaotic episode like last week. It, we, it's nice that we're not shedding listeners. So that's a good thing. Um, um, Stephen has emailed in and says, do you have any downloads available from your site? Well, we do have an amazing thing coming up, and it will be hopefully within the next seven days. What we're going to do is bring it online, the back issues of the magazine. The, our current issue is 366. Now, before we went to an online format, we had obviously the printed magazine, and that ran in, in a printed format for 365 issues. Now, we are giving those away free of charge, and they're worth an absolute fortune. Well, to- those you totally pay free. 20 odd quid for issue number one. Yeah, totally free. They're being digitally repaired and restored uh, up to a standard that's absolutely okay. immaculate, and there is PDFs that you can read, and we're going to put them on the site and what will happen is we're going to randomly produce them at the moment we are working on issue number three from i think it's around about june 1978 they are amazing to read because they have all the reviews from films you'll be reading it and they'll be going on about oh there's a new film called the empire strikes back in production and you'll be reading stuff about raiders where people don't know what it is and they get like really famous directors who are just doing their first gig and and actors like when they were were no names and stuff like oh wow that They're sounds, incredible uh, to read. They really are. That so, brilliant. so they will be downloadable. Plus, you can listen to the podcast from all the past shows, and it's just all dead good. And please go on starburstmagazine.com. Have a good read as well. Um, we've got some other uh, emails. I think there's one more. Um, Shaz wants to know what. Good evening. What do you think will be the future of film? Will be, will it all be at home or via the internet? Well, there is a column called Hack to the Future on and that is on starburstmagazine.com if you look go on the go on have a look at columns and go Hack to the Future and it actually yeah, a good has one, he writes from the future it's a reviewer that reviews movies and stuff from the future and he's hypothesizes to exactly what it's all going to be and he, it's done in almost a future universe and he every month tells us what's going on there and it's actually quite entertaining he does have a look and tries to answer that question me personally I think that the streaming at home is getting really popular. I do. But there's always people that like, like me, I love having a big shelf full of all films that I can browse and look at. And I think, uh, I think people are like that. I think as long as the, um, 
Ooh, physical form in, of it, isn't it? You in terms get, of film, like I mean, CDs have never. They are still not totally gone. They still no, people but, buying but, them. But, yeah. but generationally, uh, generationally speaking, indeed, they, uh, they're sort of slowly disappearing. But yeah. I do think with film, as long as cinema doesn't carry on increasing their prices at the astronomical rates they have been of late, yeah. then people will still go to the cinema because you can't you can't beat that. I mean, yeah, you, yeah. sure you can get a projector in a house, have a big screen. It's a great experience and oh, you can yeah, set the yeah. stuff up. Absolutely. And it's great, but it ain't the cinema. No, 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 It's no. one of those no, where that's just a big... Um, admit, I, at you know. home, my house, I got a, bit, a room and, as you know, you've been around, you've yeah. watched some stuff. We, we, I've got a cinema room and I love it. And no matter what's going on out there in that big bad world, I can be having all sorts of grief. And I just go in there, lock the door, put a film on it, surround, put it up loud, bang. I'm in another world for hours, yeah. you know? And I don't think you can get that on bed on a laptop, that sort of feeling. No, definitely not. And I do think having a, having a physical... Big. I mean, look, there's two markets we're talking about here. Do you want to watch a film or do you want that lovely metal box collector's edition? There's the collectibles market. That's always See, going to I, be around. I've, I've, I mean, I'm not talking about the stupid be. ones, like the yeah. big massive alien heads. They, to me, they defeat the purpose, don't they? You want, you want yeah. to be able to keep these things in your house and they make, they, they go for a format that allows you to have a film on one single disc and it's dead small. So, oh, brilliant. The big advancement on VHS. Yeah. And then they start bringing them out in big heads and stuff that, that yeah, take it does up seem to be a bit uh, an entire shelf. Beside the point, doesn't it? Kind well, of like... it's besides the point, and it's not cool. <laughs> I mean, some of them look really great. Some are better than others, and some are really shockingly crap. Yeah. So, I mean, we've got. Yeah. I think we used the Planet of the Apes one going oh, back thing in, man, uh, in Fab, so and creepy. that's great. It's but, creepy. Yeah. It's in, but it's yeah. creepy though. It's, yeah, a yeah. it's a good one. But it's a weird looking head because it's dead. It's the a bust of the, it's the of girl, Caesar. Isn't it? Yeah. No, it's Wasn't Caesar. Caesar it? yeah. um, Planet of the Apes, the ape, and obviously you go in the back of it, and it's got all the ape films yeah. and all that. But it's the it's that good that you've put it in a display yeah, cabinet at Fab. Yeah, like next have. to stormtrooper helmets and stuff, yeah, that's but right. it stares at you though. It's a oh, bit it's, creepy it's, it's that. Any of you have a look on eBay, you'll find this thing. It's a, it basically Planet of the Apes collector's edition. It's got a really weird head, and he stares at you, and he's got real hair as well. And it's yeah, it's, it, it uh, creeps me out a it's bit a good to be laugh. honest. But there you go. Bit scary that one. Right, so let's get on with a little bit more news, and then we get to listen to the lovely Kate Fathers. Which would be really nice because we like awesome. her. She's yeah. awesome. She was cool. She was very, very interesting to talk to because of the the passion. Like all the writers were like that, which is it spoke and volumes. Another Someone great said accent that, to me. that you have to guess where she's from. Should have a competition See, with this. I can do that. I can do her accent. Not I can do well, it. I, I was mean, about to I say you're about to like her. mimic then, but it was no, uh... no, no. I don't mean that. <laughs> what I mean is when I hear somebody from where she was originally come from, I can tell the difference between the obvious mistake okay, that other yeah. people make. That's fair so enough. there you go. But uh, no, it's really good. I, t- I t- told you, I told you, I've got loads of next lovely people. There was a nice reader there. He tried to pay me a compliment, but I'm not quite sure. I told you about that. He just walks across and he, I, apparently he'd emailed me and asked to go on the guest list. Oh, I said, right, yeah, yeah, come down, yeah, do whatever. And he went, oh, just want to say thanks. I'm having a great time. I love the magazine and thanks for letting me come tonight. Went, oh, yeah, brilliant. And then he goes, yeah, 
uh, I also listen to the radio show. It's really good, and I'm, I listen to it every week. And I went, oh, well, that's really nice, thanks. And then I, I and um, he's he was just going. He went, oh, it's just great. He goes, yeah, you're just as eccentric as I thought you'd be. <laughs> Cheers, and walked off. And then I thought, oh, okay. And then I'm like, wait a minute, take it as a compliment. I, uh, yeah, that's yeah. As, as, I, I, as know, I know. Eccentric's right good. Yeah. That's, okay. Uh... So uh, I think now I think we'll go to Kate now actually, yeah. and then we'll do because I'm looking at this and I think you've got something to say about this and I certainly have yeah. and we're going to be dealing with the the ongoing problems with the PlayStation Network which every single time you think they're getting resolved there's another twist and apparently there's been some this week now here is Kate Fathers talking to Ryland Cavill at the Fab Cafe and here we are at the Starburst party with Kate Fathers who does the uh, correct if I'm wrong you do the uh Book Wormhole feature for Starburst magazine. So tell me, first of all, how you got involved with that then? I originally uh, saw that the Starburst Twitter account had added me, and out of curiosity, I did some research into them and looked onto their website and noticed that they were looking for writers. And I just sent off as much information as possible and gushed about my love of genre fiction, and apparently, what I said impressed. So. They offered me the monthly book review column, and I happily accepted. And here you are, of course. So obviously, as everyone can tell, not a native to the country. How do you find this compared to uh, the similar genre over across the pond? Um, I think there are many similarities. Granted, the uh, the television shows and the uh, the focus on literature is different over here in the UK. There's uh, The science fiction history is greatly steeped in Doctor Who and uh, Terry Pratchett. And yeah, there's a lot of history with a lot of long-running uh, shows and books and so on, yeah. Oh, definitely. And it, it is similar in the United States where you have the huge legacy of Star Trek, and, which has been wonderfully rebooted a few years ago. And so, on either sides of the pond, there is this uh, huge presence of genre fiction. Uh, unfortunately, I still think on both sides there is uh, a slight bit of not much a feeling of being ashamed of one's of one's love of genre fiction. But I think as this popular has increased in in recent years and it's become more of the mainstream and you see more popular actors acting and things and uh, more popular works of genre fiction becoming films than um, the, the sorts of uh, stereotypes and the feelings towards genre fiction are starting to fade and it's uh, becoming more uh, recognized as a substantial medium Excellent. Everyone knows the term of Trekkie and uh, perhaps the less-known Whovian, people who are obsessed with Star Trek and uh, Doctor Who and so on. Like you say, there's been a lot of uh, stigma on these people being ex-Uber nerds and ultra-geeks and various things. But, yeah, you know, like I say, there's a lot of more mainstream stuff. Um, are there any books coming out that you'll be reviewing soon that perhaps bring that to the forefront? Books that perhaps people should read... Or anything you've, you've, you've read recently or you think of that people should really get a hold of? Uh, well, the 
uh, next column I'm doing is uh, Strata by Terry Pratchett, and I think his his work is just phenomenal. He says so much in such an entertaining way, and it his work is really a prime example of how you can say things about our own culture and the world around us without it necessarily being something that people would make me think is a bit too academic and a bit too boring and um, uh, there are works I've stumbled uh, stumbled across and have considered uh, reviewing I recently came across uh, Anne North's book uh, America Pacifica which is a, a dystopian piece of fiction and it sounds very similar to George Orwell's 1984, yeah. which is a huge influence on so much dystopian fiction since. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a major milestone in a lot of people's literary history, isn't it? Oh yes, like it made such an impression that I was taught it in high school, and usually if you're taught something in school, that is a marker of its... Oh, it's mon mon monumentality. It's exactly. It's humongous nature. <laughs> and so the fact that something that is essentially genre fiction made it that far has encouraged me to seek out this book, although I don't think it's released in the UK until midsummer, I don't believe. So, oh, okay. so although it's, it's released in North off. America, so I could possibly get my hands on a copy. <laughs> <laughs> so is that perhaps something you'll be re re reviewing in the near future, or is that? I'm hoping to. Okay, so uh, and uh, I'll be carrying on from like that idea. Uh, with the magazine, do you get free reign as to the books you review? Is it? Uh, do, you, do you get to give it a direction? How does it work? Uh, I have been given free reign. Absolutely. I've decided to uh, not limit myself to only recent works, although I do want to incorporate. Uh, genre fiction that has been recently released especially also to um, show that genre, good genre fiction just hasn't stopped with H.G. Wells or with Philip K. Dick <laughs> it's still continuing and we're still seeing really important pieces get published but I also want to look at the beginnings of science fiction when science itself was first starting and, for, and first being formed, essentially, yeah. <laughs> when we were first figuring out things like the periodic table. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then, of course, H.G. Uh, Wells and Mary Shelley, they started writing, and we have all these great works that have become the groundwork of other writers, and, it would, and I really want to look at them and how their influence has affected your articles will show not only what uh, the comparisons are in modern books to sort of like a current day life and how we aspire to the future, but how they echo back to previous works of fiction as well. Oh, definitely. Um, there's one book that I'm considering doing, but it is quite lengthy and I do have only a month to read. <laughs> but um, H.G. Wells wrote a book called The Shape of Things to Come, which was a prediction into, was it 2116? So, not, so generally not like too that. far off, really. Not not too far off, but he does get uh, through the 20th and I think the 21st century. And I think it would just be fascinating to look back and see how much he 
may have gotten right yeah. <laughs> and compare it to our own times and maybe see if any of his predictions past 2011 could possibly come about. Have you found many books that you've read uh, from previous times have had sort of a comparisons with uh, their, sort of the times they were written in? You know, sort of uh, books that were found written perhaps in uh, sort of the Cold War sort of age. You know, how, how does that sort of connect to the readership? Uh, do you find that a lot of books um, perhaps age quite badly, or do uh, ideas set in, say, the space race, you know, uh, building vampires, does it, does it relate going forward? Uh, truth be told, I haven't read um, over much genre fiction, unfortunately, but that's what two degrees will do to you, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do think maybe more of the commercial fiction can be dated. Yeah. Uh, and I, from the fan, some of the fantasy that I've taken a look at, uh, some of the prose is a bit. You can you can tell when it was written by virtue of the fact that the sort of writing style was more popular in a certain time than it is now say 10 or 20 years later. See, perhaps sometimes the setting isn't the issue, is how it's written a book that will date it more. Sometimes. Uh, a big thing for me in not uh, in enjoying a book is not only the content of it, but how it's written and how the dialogue is formed and how the prose is. And definitely if it's maybe a bit overly verbose <laughs> if it's a bit too flowery yeah. <laughs> or even if it's sometimes a bit too simplistic that is something I had a problem with in Hemingway that I'm trying to overcome <laughs> then it can affect my enjoyment of the book and, it, and I could appreciate the message it says or the plot all in itself but I'm, I may still not like it, just based on style alone. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and to finalise, um, if you were perhaps to give any advice to someone who perhaps wanted to write a uh, sort of sci-fi or a fantasy book or a comic or you know something in this kind of, kind of genre, are there any key points from what you've looked at, what you've read, what you've seen, what you've heard from people talking? Are there any sort of pointers from your personal perspective you think people should really adhere to? Anything people should you know, really pay attention to? Oh my. <laughs> I think definitely with genre fiction over anything else, you can use it to say something. Even if it's just something small, like commenting on bullying, it doesn't have to be this great message about world peace or uh, global warming or anything like that. You can't address those huge issues, but even if it's just some small personal issue, I think having that be your key focus and working around it can make for a really great piece of work. Having something to say is a really good uh, foundation for what you're for what you're writing. Not just characters, not just some magical world, but just something that you want people to take away from your work. I think is what not only makes it interesting, but what makes it lasting.
fantastic. Thank you very much indeed for your time. Have a great party. We'll see you again soon, no doubt. And that was the lovely Kate Farvers, and she was chatting to Ryland there about her column, which is the book Wormhole. And I really like. She doesn't know about books. Uh, ain't worth knowing. No, I don't ain't think. worth writing about. But, uh, oh, yes, <laughs> but I really like that 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 uh, that bit at the end. I don't know whether you caught it. Was the the the, the very Takei esque Omar? <laughs> I, I love her accent. I think she's, she's it's great, brilliant. And she? for those who didn't know where she was from, she is she is Canadian, not. Correct. American. And that's very, that's what I say, I'm really good at that. When someone comes on, I, I, they're dead impressed because I just go, oh, are you from Canada? And they See, just go, oh, wow. Initially, I thought she was American you, because yeah. she, she, she wasn't farting and had a funny head. Oh, but God. That was a. Uh, oh, t- and <laughs> Phillip, yes. South Park. I'm sure she's sick of hearing that. Um, oh, yeah. I wasn't foolish enough to say that to her. No, I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> although uh, she might be listening, so she might know now. But uh, uh, I'm sorry, Kate. <laughs> no, he's all right. You've met him. He's safe, isn't he? Um, yeah, well, safe. <laughs> yeah, you know, you come across as dangerous, but it's just just a false impression. So, yeah, we've got an email in from Terry Holden who's clearly picked up on the fact that we're about to discuss as part of the news, final news item, in fact, we're going to just quickly, before we go to some music, discuss the PS3 situation. And Terry said, PS3 being hacked, everything can be hacked. It's just about time and wanting to. I didn't used to believe that, but I'm thinking Terry might be right because... They just don't seem to make this problem go away. Well, it, it, sort, it sort of depends because there's two separate things going on here. The, the PlayStation Network itself... I mean, they've been is, threatened with compl- it being shut down yeah, again yeah, by I mean, that, that hacker group, yeah, haven't they, again? The, yeah. The, there's this, ha- this hacker group that literally has appeared from nowhere yeah. called LOLSEC. Weird, isn't um, it? And you can check their website out. I think it's just type in LOLS security and it, it's got a list of what they're up to. I haven't been on that. Uh, it's it? crazy. I'm not, I'm not yeah. going to say any, anything bad about these these guys because no, trust like, me we, they, they we, will oh, yes, yes, they, we, they we, will ruin your we, life yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the, these gentlemen from LOLSEC Lull, and co yes you're very fine handsome people lovely but I think awesome o- people obviously big fan someone went after Sony with the network whether it was these guys or not no one knows a lot of people think it was the hacker network anonymous that did that yeah. but they did issue a tweet this week where they they, they basically were said right we're going to this is the beginning of the end end them for Sony yeah, we're going to get them back when you're saying all this and listen to yourself it sounds oh, crazy oh it's like it? bond villains it's, it's, it's ridiculous yeah. but they then uh True to their word, they hacked the Sony film website, I believe. I heard this, And yeah. they, take, they took a million, a million users' details. Well... It was old stuff, admittedly, yeah. but it was still useful. Sony hadn't encrypted it. I mean, what yeah. the hell are they playing I'm, at? I'm aware um, of this. Now, the, the, the thing is, we've covered this quite extensively when it happened in yeah. the Pixel Juice column. Yes. Uh, so if anyone wants to have a look at that, that's a great column, and it's uh, Pixel Juice, and it's... It really, really, really does go into depth on it. It's stuff that I have no idea about because um, it's very Oh, it's quite frightening, isn't it, when you start but, to, yeah. to get into it? So, um, well, right, in a nutshell, for anybody who's listening, yeah. the, um, what's the beef? Uh, the beef is there was a guy called um, his, his, his hacker handle was Geo Hot. I've forgotten his name. It's uh, mm. like George Hot, I think was his, the guy his name. who got sued by yeah. Sony, isn't he? Yeah, it? and they sued Why him he because he he basically made accessible the the PS3's root key. 
okay. which enabled everybody then to effectively hack it, do whatever they wanted to do with it. Yeah. Um, so Sony went went to town, sued him. They they sued him in California instead of somewhere else. I forget where it was initially. Okay. But and I, I'm assuming because over there the law is more punitive in that right. state. Well, but but effectively they they went out of their way to to you know absolutely haul, haul this guy over the coals and uh they they ended up settling uh and but the hacker community really really unhappy about this and yeah sony sony are paying for it right now well they they, they it's it's weird it's a whole thing it, it does feel like um that whatever you thought was happening out there isn't the well, case and these guys have recently anymore. um they they shut down the PBS network in America. Um, I forget why they attacked them. I mean, Do you they, want to explain what that is to anyone? No, it's, who's well, it's, 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 not, it's TV. So. It's TV yeah. network basically. Um, not everyone here is aware. And, they, do, they, they don't yeah, even watch course, Channel yeah. Five. Some of the people listening to, <laughs> it, to us tonight. And uh, and they also, uh, I think, yesterday or the day before. Um, attacked a site called Intra, I think it's Intraguard. I could have that wrong, but right. um, but effectively, this is an a FBI affiliate website. Oh dear! So they, I mean, they, they, these guys are going to get some serious heat, I would imagine. So what are they, at some what point. Are they doing all this for then? Because they're basically I'm going out. A lot of different opinions on this. They seem to have a beef with Sony. They they're, seem to be. Are they? Are they? Do they feel that they're? If you read their the site, safer. Well, by doing this, not not really. They sort of. I mean, yeah. You look at their website, and their their slogan is "Laughing at your security since 2011." So they're basically anyone that's a big boy who's a bit. Tasty, yeah. whatever, and they will quite happily go in. And if your internet security is not up to scratch, they will, in their own words, own own you, and they they, they will just go in. and And is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? It's probably not great, but equally, if it means that these people are taking better care of our information because of it, yeah. Well, maybe it's you, know, you do you realize know, that I'm the, the editor of 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 an online uh, huge online magazine. <laughs> Yeah, I so, get that. So I'm listening to this, and I'm thinking, oh, I hope, I hope, well, that, I Jim... hope they like us, you know, because um, it sounds to me like if they don't, I'm sure Jim's at home taking notes and and getting very busy. It's, yeah, Jim, uh... Jim Boone, you will, you will. If you, I, I know he's listening, so. Jim, you're going to have to sort this but, out, um, mate. You're going to have to get the the defence barriers. But yeah, they seem to have a massive ish, issue with um, internet security com companies. Um, uh, which are referred to as white hats, I believe, and their and their viewpoint is is these guys are just as corrupt as hackers, God, but they get paid for it. Oh, it's it's I would literally well, uh, I, you know. I, I read a bit of it. It's 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 kind of crazy, but um, it's. Uh, so in, in other words, you don't have a. Nobody's yeah. really got a clue. Ah, when right. This There's, is going to finish. I think Jim has just put an email in, and he's he's a lot more. Tech, tech savvy than anyone else yeah, I know, so Jim's I'll go with this. Jim's saying that the, the Sony issue is also to do, this is from the email, also to do with another subsection of the hacker community. There is a decent-sized group who like to run Linux on all sorts of things. When the PS3 was released, you could run Linux on it. Everyone was happy. Then Sony, for no good reason, stopped PS3 is running Linux, which prompted that community to hack the PS3. It was this that blew the doors off the PS3 security. Now Lulsec have jumped on their work, and hey presto, here we are. Moral of the story: don't upset, don't upset Linux nerds. Yeah, I, I be honest, what I'm getting from this, I bet Sony would do 
anything to get out of this mess. Oh, absolutely. And it must have. I know people, I actually know somebody that was considering getting a PS3 and they got an Xbox. Simple. See, I, I'm, I'm still, I'm still a PS3 man. Yeah, uh, but, 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 you, but know. you can't play it online when all this is going on. Well, it was only a few weeks, wasn't it? It's a month. What are you talking about? A few weeks? I'm an apologist, what can I say? Look, you know, do you know what? I, when I went to Vegas, I had a PSP. I was going to play it on the plane. I couldn't even use, I couldn't download any games on it. Now, a PSP, for those of you who don't know, the, uh, the, there were two versions of the PSP. There was the early one, yeah. where you stuck the game cartridges in. So you buy the game cartridges and then do that. Now, I happened to get get one very cheap that was spelt incorrectly on eBay. And um, and uh, it was great. And it's the new one. And the new one, it doesn't take cartridges. It doesn't take anything. It only works by... It literally logs onto the PSN network, PlayStation right. network, so and you downloads download the games game. Yeah. Onto your, downloads I, the game onto it. it. Okay. So if it's not connected to that, you're stuck with whatever's on it. That's it. And when that went down, everyone with a PSP... You're stuck with whatever games you've got. You couldn't even update the games if there was an update or anything. You couldn't do anything. Because they do, they work basically. You, they go work on Wi-Fi. You'll be at home. It logs onto your Wi-Fi and then puts, and it just, you then buy a game and it downloads it and it, that's yeah. it. See, cause I. So that screwed them so, so badly. Well, that. I've not been able to play my DC, DC universe since it's been going on. So my. That's what it affected that not that Yeah, I'm afraid well. that, I'm afraid that Captain Feces has not been stomping on villains Captain for, uh, for a while. Captain Feces. That, <laughs> you have to think of a name amazing. that no one else has used yeah, and unfortunately the, it's like the, use something the, else the, and you've got to put like, not, one, two, five not after it's Not juvenile at all. <laughs> awesome. Just how we like it. Um, so, yeah, we're going to have a break now because I think we need one. And we will be back with X Men First Class. Is it actually first class or is it only second class? We'll find out nice. after this. I like that. Sing out a tune, would you stand up and walk out on me? Lend me your ears and I'll sing you a song And I'll try not to sing out a key Oh, I get by with a little help from my friends Gets high with a little help from his friends Oh, I'm gonna try with a little help from my friends what do I do when my love is away? Does it worry it to be alone? How do I feel by the end of the day? Are you sad because you're on your own? I get by with a little help from my friends. Yeah, I get high with a little help from my friends. Oh, I'm gonna try with a little help from my friends. Do you need Somebody to love Could it be anybody I want somebody to love Would you believe in a love at first sight Yeah, I'm certain that it happens all the time What do you see when you turn out the light I can't tell you, but I know it's mine I get by with a little help from my friends mm, I get high with a little help from my friends Oh, I'm gonna try with a little help from my friends 
FM couldn't contain him. James Stanage, exclusive to ManchesterRadioOnline.com. James Stanage, don't call me sad. Good grief, it's like working with a cardboard cutout, isn't it? You might as well not bother. Judas Priest. Ah, that's top. Great music, great music from a great city. Manchester Radio Online. And welcome back to Starburst Radio. And yeah, that was uh, that was nice, wasn't it? I enjoyed that. Nice I like that first interlude. piece. That was uh, that was We're really good. the soundtrack of Across the Universe. Yeah, a, it's a good uh, cover. Jim Sturgis. Really, uh, yeah. Talking about covers, I um, okay. noticed on the site, uh, what was it? The the, the uh, front page of the magazine had the. Uh, and we, re- we covered the, tra- the trailer. Yeah, I know the, what you're going to say. Oh, that immigrant song cover is appalling. From the trailer of the, it's, uh, the Dragon remake. Tattoo, isn't oh, it? Girl, yeah. girl, the Dragon Tattoo, which I've got to say, that is another bone of contention for a later time. But I've never seen a trailer with, yeah. a, with a piece of music that just doesn't work with it. That yeah. is it's horrible. A fair, fair bit of that. Well, we're back now to uh, review X-Men First Class, and then after we've, we've got some more interviews, we've actually got an interview with our uh, with our comic book columnist, yeah, who does the Adventures on Alternate Earths, Philip Buchan. Philip Buchan, yeah. He, nice guy. He's, he's, uh, he's, um, he's well cool. I mean, comic book fans usually, they... they Nerdy, they're not the coolest I, guys in the what room. What I find with it, and he's just he looks really cool. He's what he's I like about him too, you. as well. With what I, I, I find with a lot of comic guys can be very, very precious about stuff. 
and he's actually quite open-minded, and oh, which, yeah, which I like. Amazing. It's great, um, but he's obviously got a really yeah. deep passion for it. So, which is, uh, uh, yeah, they, well, we're going to be here in his thoughts in the middle of this, cool. and then after that, we've got a bone of contention, and that is about DC Comics reboot. Whether it's the best thing ever or it's an Yay. absolute nightmare. Yeah. Ooh. So uh, <laughs> there we go. Uh, yeah, X Men First Class. Um, obviously. This has been... It's a Matthew Vaughan film, and he's Mr. Kick-Ass. Yeah. He brought us a very, very, very fine comic book yep. uh, comedy, mm. and uh, which went down great, didn't it? I think everybody, uh, comic book fans brilliant. and the mainstream Absolutely alike. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Hit Girl was a, a fan favourite, and it wasn't yeah. she? I yeah. mean that that was just amazing, and when she comes out with a c word in the film, that was a it's just moment, um, it? it's it, well what it is. I think I think we get you know it, it's hard to shock these these days, and they they really managed it well with that. Yeah. Uh, so so pretty much uh, this is an attempt at getting the film franchise on track. And if any of you are familiar with the X Men movies, they, it's, been, it's been about a decade of these now, and they started with the X Men and X Men Two. And then you had uh, the Which final. Which were both great. Oh yeah, they, both well to me, the two. first one was great. Yeah. The second one, just absolutely one of my favourite comic book movies, movie adaptations ever. I'd be, I I'd be inclined to agree. It's, absolutely, it's, it's up right there, up there. Right definitely. up there. I absolutely loved it. Um, the third one. Um, the last X-Men Last Stand um, a lot of people were disappointed with for many different reasons everyone seems to have a different axe to grind about that one and uh, they said it's very poor compared to the other two I think the general consensus is people didn't like it I right. found a lot of stuff to right. like they in basically it. gave they gave the franchise to someone who wasn't capable of doing it Brett yeah. Ratner shouldn't have done it. It's, yeah. it's basically like getting Stevie Wonder to drive you home. Yeah. It's, the, it's just not his forte. Well, if there, those of you are not aware, Brian Singer was the uh, guy who was doing it, and he left the X-Men series to go and do Superman Returns, which is yeah. one of my least favourite oh, yeah, superhero yeah, movies. That's salt in the wound, really. Cause, it's amazing, Because he it? managed to leave a great franchise where he'd made two amazing films, a yeah. third one would have rounded it off perfectly, yeah. really looking forward to it. He jumped ship. Yes. And makes a steaming pile of kryptonite turd. Um, it was horrible. Yeah. Horrible film, that. And and a lot of people, they took some money at the box office, but yeah, it was a big disappointment. So then you had the, the Superman franchise sort of off the rails, and it's yeah. coming back now. I think it's got, I'm very excited because I'm one of the, I'm a massive fan of Sucker Punch, and I don't care what any of you out there say about it. It was it a, was brilliant. it was a, an, a visual feast, I'll yeah. give it that. And the, uh, that. the director was... of that film is taking on Superman. So that's in good hands. Now, what's happened here, Matthew Vaughan, is it, it's quite wisely, there was a, they, we've not gone into the other debacle. Now, if you thought X-Men 3 was bad, uh, if you saw the Wolverine movie, X-Men Origins Wolverine, which I note that I don't see any X-Men Origins films on no, the agenda at the moment now. No. I think that sort of what? idea buried it. I think they were going to do the origins of I Magneto, think, I think, of various well, other if, people. That's kind of funny with this, because if, if, if you watch it, this could almost be called X-Men Origins Mag Magneto. Possibly, to, yeah. to a that's degree. That's one way of looking at it. But... 
You um, could never have called it that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so this was an attempt to get to get the thing back on track after Wolverine. But Wolverine, to be honest with you, there's that much wrong with it. It's it's painful. It's, it's, it's horrible, a, a terrible, horrible, film. horrible film. It's a terrible film. Um, no matter whether you saw that pre-release with no special effects nope. in it, or you actually watched the original Wii. At I a, watched ob- both. Obviously, at a friend's house that <laughs> is not my cinema room. No, we not watched at all. Uh, me and you both watched that the, we couldn't wait so we, we thought oh it won't be that bad watched it and I, the film was half completed and it was bloody awful but then we went right well look we're going to go and see this at a cinema anyway because we don't want to be that guy you know the we'll see the pirate copy not going to see it. that's that's not us we love cinema and that and so we went to go and see we went to go and see it, and with all the effects intact and everything, yeah. it was shit. That's, that's the, two the hours of my life that I can't regenerate. Well, the, 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 the effects were terrible in the film, yeah. and the film cost, what, $170 yeah. million, dollars, and the special effects were when, when When you spend that much money... You expect it to look, yeah. Look it good. was a rubbish film. You had Hugh Jackman in it. You had characters from the X Men. It should have been amazing. It, it could have been and great. It, and it could it have been great, terrible, but it turned into an film. absolute abomination. So, so then you're you're in a situation then where what do you do next? So the, yeah, they went back and said we're going to redo. It's, it is a reboot. This because the, yeah, the, very much because, so. Yeah, um, it's got certain things that link it to the other films, but it you can't. It doesn't fit storyline wise with the other films because certain things happen yeah, in it that don't fit in yeah. with that. So you've got to treat this as a complete um, reboot. And I've got to say, my my initial reaction to it is I'm massive almost to be... A, I'm almost a Bond, James Bond historian. I love James Bond and I love comic books. Yeah. And what you've got here, what I it blew me away, I loved it. And the only reason it's not going to get 10 out of 10, which I, did, I gave to X-Men 2, yeah. is just for... Just minor niggles here and there. But what effectively I sat through a 1960s James Bond film with a load yeah, of superheroes. I, I thought in it. it was an absolute tour de force. And I think that both Matthew Vaughan and you've got to give props to Jane Goldman as well, Jonathan Ross's wife. Yeah, cool. Who's worked with him on Kick Ass and Starburst. Well, she, both she's, films I love. She's. And, amazing and done br- both of them have done an amazing job job with this yeah really really super well, she's very um, very very good the, isn't the she? only um like i say the, there's a there's a couple of really smart bits in it there's no point in spoiling them no. but but you just just go and enjoy it um there's some cameos in it yeah that, which are, that you might yeah. um but we'll get we'll get into a bit of that now i think this is a good opportunity to uh switch over to uh philip Buchan because He's, uh, he's our columnist. Obviously, we've got a comic book column, the main col- comic book column for Starburst. And it's called Adventures on Alternative Earths. Now, if you want to go on starburstmagazine.com even now while you're online, have a look at it. Have a start having a read. It's a brilliant column. And he knows his stuff and he is a, a massive, massive, unashamed mutant fan. He loves the X-Men and very similar to me. I get that they pretty much really did it for me the the original john Byrne run on x-men well, in the 70s i loved them so here's a guy who really appreciates that well, they're so. a great they're a great team i mean i got introduced to, to them by the the animated mm. series actually yeah, the yeah. animation which was great well, i think they, everyone they've, they've always been very popular but there's some downsides to that but i can get into that in a minute <laughs> but let's have a uh, let's have a listen to uh, philip uh, our resident expert on all this 
And now here is Philip Brooken, who's going to talk about his passion and love for the world of comic books. So how did you get into the whole thing, generally? When I was about eight years old, I was uh, given by my mother a ton of boxes of X-Men comics. My dad used to read them obsessively when he was younger. And for me, that was like a waterstone moment in my life. Though just didn't get any better than that. I've pretty much been obsessed since then. Like, do, you, do you still have those original comics uh, like about your person in your house? I have all of those comics and they've bred and multiplied. <laughs> So, uh, so for obviously from there you've moved on and various other comics. Uh, what at the moment are your sort of keystone? What are your comics du jour? What are the ones you read currently? I pretty much read everything. I, I have a policy of if it's good, I'll read it. If it's recommended, I'll read it. And then I tell everybody about it. I like horror comics like The Goon, which is just an incredible, on, on every level, artistically and writing. They're all, like, told in one stories about a mob enforcer who fights zombies in some weird, like, Prohibition-era America. And they're just, they're just joke stories, like, done in one issues, which I hate, but it's so funny. It's amazing. It's just, like, just people... Somehow they make it all right to laugh at slack-jawed idiots and people getting stabbed in the eye and people <laughs> punching cows. It works on every level and I've got no idea why. So uh, if you were to write your own comic, what would you sample from everywhere else? What would you put in your own comic to make it mainstream? If I were to write a comic, as I do as often as I can... <laughs> Uh, if it were to be something mainstream, I would kill to be writing something along the lines of the X-Men. And it wouldn't have to be the X-Men, because there are hundreds of thousands of characters that have appeared in the past 40 years. Just these these people with, like, colourful powers, and it's like a it's like a, a cipher for who they are. They're just... I don't know, there's something about the X-Men, there's something about these great teams of people, they're like a family, like a law unto themselves... It's always a metaphor for all sorts of different prejudices and, like, developing in the modern age. That's, that's the sort of thing that I would go for. I love it. Nuts about the X-Men. Also, one of your favourites there, which of the X-Men characters is your favourite? Or, or what do you relate to more, I suppose? And nobody, nobody knows this. I'm obsessed with Rockslide, who nobody's even heard of. He appeared in uh, New X-Men by Craig Cowell and Chris Yost. Basically, there was a, a time where there were a load of teenage mutants, just, you know, new kids with stupid powers, as they do in a cycle every three or four years. But the point was that these were the, this was, like, the first time, I think, ever in comics that teenagers have actually sounded like teenagers. And they would just, you know, punch each other in the arm and make stupid jokes. And, like, they would find out that one of the characters would gay, and they'd just be all, oh, well, that's more chicks for me. <laughs> and it was totally insensitive and stupid, but they were just, finally, here's this idiot, and he's a giant monster. He looks like the thing, and he shoots his hands off and doesn't retrieve them and he doesn't have a girlfriend because he's a moron and they're just real and you just love it he's, he's an awesome character so are, are there points in comic book history that you feel that perhaps the characters weren't connected to the public they weren't quite real it was more fantastical I, I always feel like the, the more fantastical stuff is the DC side or the Superman and Wonder Woman all the, the godlike powers and like uh, Green Lantern which is a whole like Star Wars fantasy thing whereas the Marvel characters have always been more kind of street level more people you could relate to I think the really the difference between which one you like depends which one you read when you were young but for me I'm not into that weird cosmic stuff I like the, the you know the, these people that you can relate to that's cool so uh, of current stuff at the moment obviously there's a lot of uh, comic books we made into films and a lot of TV stuff and uh, what do you reckon would, would uh, be more successful out of, out of everything that's coming at the moment? I think the Marvel are going to hit things out of the park with the films that are coming up. I haven't seen Thor yet, but I hear that it's good. 
Iron Man was great. The, the new Captain America movie, I think, is going to surprise people with how good it's going to be. It's going to be confusing because the guy playing Captain America played Johnny Storm in the Fantastic Four film. But if people can get over that, I think that's going to be phenomenal. It's going to lead up to the Avengers movie, which will bring together all the different Marvel comic, uh, comics and films. I think the kids are going to go nuts for that stuff. So what's your take on uh, all these different comics bringing the universes together? Because uh, I'm not massively read on comics myself, but it, it always seems that each character is in their own separate sort of reality. Spider-Man is separate from Fantastic Four, and Fantastic Four is separate from Superman. You know, everything seems very, very separate. What's your take on a lot of these companies bringing stuff together? Oh, well, that's the, one of the, the things that the column that I do for Starburst is called Adventures on Alternate Earths because of the whole alternate realities and all the different things. It's something that I love about comics is that the, the big companies have this kind of shared universe idea, like a continuity between the comics. So the Fantastic Four will pop up in an X-Men story. And like if the Avengers are having a big, you know, Earth-destroying mission in space, that will be reflected in the other titles. And I think the reason I like it is that you don't find you won't find another medium like that. You know, you might find Buffy and Angel sometimes crossover, <laughs> but that's you know, I mean, one that was normally pretty weak. But this is like a whole company-wide policy of there's this world that you can read about, and you could just read the X-Men, or you could read you know the Avengers and the Fantastic Four and Daredevil, and you put them all together and you build up this picture of just this whole other world. That's escapism. Is there anything from comic book history that you feel? that perhaps is underrated. Oh. Everyone loves the X-Men and all the stuff that obviously has made it mainstream because that's the popular stuff. We know it all. Everyone knows it. Everyone loves it. Is there anything that you can think of that has slipped under the radar, perhaps? I, th I think that so much stuff slips under the radar. It's one of the, the reasons I do the column is because uh, what, I, what I want to do is say... This was an amazing X-Men comic this week. Jeff Johns has written a great Green Lantern. But did you know about these guys down in Bristol that are doing a comic called Solomon's Creed that's amazing? You know, I, I want to... There are always kind of independent people like like Jim Woodring does a comic called Frank about this anthropomorphic like creature. And you look at the comics and they look like Tom and Jerry or something. They're, you know, ridiculous ridiculous hippie version of Tom and Jerry but it's rich with this insane imagery, he's invented this whole world with like moral rules and codes of conduct and things they're just, they're like nothing like our own and you read it and it makes no sense but it's brilliant and you know that he knows what he's doing but like that's that's the whole thing is I think they deserve as much press as the big things. So do you spend a lot of time surfing the internet or going to various uh, comic conventions to try and find these sort of things? Or do you just happen upon them in your everyday business? Mostly. I spent three years working in a comic shop travelling man where I read everything that was in print. And since then, it hasn't really been very difficult to keep abreast of stuff. <laughs> and like I spend a lot of time on Twitter um, where I talk to you know as many kind of artists and writers and things as I can. So I'm trying to write my own comics. I'm trying to meet artists. And like I'm trying to do interviews with the big people. And you join the dots and you find that you know people at the top and at the bottom and they tell you about they've got this project coming up or have you read this thing that's amazing you just got to listen for recommendations that's good isn't it so uh, if you perhaps only had any any tips for people who want to make it mainstream or who want to get into the comic conventions and various things is there anything you could uh, perhaps uh, tell them about you know any uh, any any hints or tips or the, places people to go the most important thing to think about comics is that nobody can stop you making them uh, if you want to be a film director, you've got to go to school, you've got to buy cameras, you've got to do all kinds of things. If you want to, even if you want to be a writer and write prose, you know, you're going to be knocked back by loads of editors. But comics, the, the people at the top can take the same kind of stance as the people at the bottom. They're really, comics are really punk rock like that. 
you just you, you sit down in a room with a pen and a piece of paper you make them you go and photocopy them you sell them for no money you go rent a table at a, a convention you make friends you meet new people the comics are really kind of punk sort of medium to work in because you can just do it nobody can stop you you can do something that will rival you know anybody at, at working at the highest level if you've got talent you can do it and you, you know there are artists there are writers people are always looking for each other you just go out and make them Fantastic. Thank you very much indeed for your time. Enjoy the party and we'll speak to you again soon. And that was uh, Philip Buchan, the columnist for Starburst magazine who does the adventures on alternative Earths and you can find that obviously on the magazine, starburstmagazine.com. Have a read, go to the column tab, have a look down, read a load of columns, sit with your laptop in bed and instead of doing other things, maybe read the magazine. <laughs> it's It's great. It's not as good as some of the other things that you could be doing, but it's not know. bad. It's a, it's it a good substitute. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, anyway, well, he's cool, though, that guy. Oh, yeah, great. Because no, what I said to you, comic book um, fans, they... You nearly said geeks, some then, of them, Some of them... I didn't say geeks. No, no, I said you nearly did. No, I didn't. <laughs> thinking like that. I'm, I'm just saying that some... The, yeah, you mean, that some of them are not the coolest guys, no, but I say, he's, like, yeah. he's yeah. Getting no, really he's, cool. He's he comes guy. across great, and he knows exactly what he's talking about. Plus, even if you're not aware of some of the stuff that he's talking about in that column. He, he, I don't know what it is. It's he's, a very right. infectious column because you read it. It's like with Kate Farver's. There's quite a few columnists in, in it. I've, I've, yeah, book reviews. I found where basically the, the writer's passion for yeah. for the subject yeah. makes you in, it makes you engage with, with the article. It makes you want to yeah. feel what they... they that, you know, that if someone loves something that much, there's got to be something in it, you know yeah. what I mean? So, so, so that's, sort that's of well, great. It, it kind of welcomes you to join them on a, yeah. on a journey, really, which is kind of nice. But he does well. I read some of the stuff, and I know a lot of him, and he's dead right about the goon, by the way. Right. Anyone, I've not, any I've, of you out I've there. I've not read that. Right, so. it's comic, but you can go... You can get it from Waterstones as a graphic novel collection. Always down Travelling Man. And, um, uh, I'll, t- I'll tell you now so. that uh, the... It's great, and he's right about it. On paper, it sounds what a load of rubbish. It's about this guy, and he's you know that he's it's just about some guy fighting zombies, and he works for this gangster and all all the rest of it. It, it, it seems simple, but when you read it, it's so entertaining and different. Oh, I advise cute. that one. So yeah, back to our review of X Men First Class. I was saying then we always have to give a mark out of ten everywhere, yeah. and I'm saying that I I would give this. Uh, close to, I would have liked it probably as much as X Men Two. I, I would give X Men Two yeah. a ten out of ten because it to me was wonderful. This, it was dread- dreadfully let down by um, January Jones. January Jones. She's I everyone I've spoken to, I've got, I'm a good friend. Rubbish. A good friend of mine sent a text to can eat, um, and cause I said I've just seen the film. I loved it, and he was like, oh, "It's okay." And I'm like, "What? It was brilliant. It was like you know, Bond. The, Bond meets the X Men." The movie. problem is, and Graham, he just went, the, "I'm just upset because they ruined right. Emma Frost." The, the, problem <laughs> like, okay. with, the problem with this is, I don't think you appreciate how big that character is. And like Wolverine, yeah, is a tuning reason. It's, right, it's, okay. it, if the original X Men. Yeah. So she's a full-on eight, like eight. She's uh, an A-list. Yeah. yeah. What happened? Grant Morrison did the new X-Men. Yeah, I read and that. Read it and read and brought her right up to center stage. Oh, and so she has like a psychic affair with. Um, this lots Cyclops, of stuff like that. I think it's like kind of that but, was but, quite. But, a... but she was brought in because he wanted to 
boost a character up and make her th- and said, look, this character's not been written well. It's not, and you can have a lot of fun with her. And he, and she's a bad girl. She was pe- part of the Hellfire Club. And yep. every now and again, you worry wherever she might go back there. And he thought that was an interesting dynamic. And yep. they did. And they boosted her potential. They made a lot of mileage out of it. And they made her really cool. She's a very cool Brit, yeah, that grew up with a lot of insecurities, had a nose job at one stage and all the rest of it. Yep. And then got into that life. Her power started to manifest. And then he even added the bit with the diamond effect yeah. where she can turn into diamond. That was added later on. Now, in that form... That is, wasn't originally it, there. But she was a villain. She was yeah. a villain, a member of the Hellfire Club, and then she became one of the most important X-Men. And uh, all the fans loved her. The new... Yeah. The, 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 her character was awesome to them. They loved her, yeah? And she was a massive part of why the X-Men, the new X-Men book, went through the right, roof with yeah. Grant Morrison. And her characters remain really popular. So what you've got here is, to me, I'm just being oversimplified because, to me, the two films are very different in that this has got that whole Bond 60s, cool as anything, Mad yeah, Men vibe yeah, about I, it. I, I found it was almost a period great. piece, wasn't it? Yeah, it's almost. wonderful, it was wonderful. But the, but the thing is that if you've got to compare them, so like, for example, X-Men 2 the, um, and this... Yeah, I'd give X-Men 2 quite an edge on it, because if you'd have had a crap person playing Wolverine, these films wouldn't have been as good, and she was very important. She was the Wolverine of this film. Okay, yeah. And she was. She really was. The character of Emma Frost in this film, she was the Wolverine. See, I... Magneto was very important, because you got a mesmerising performance off Fastbender, you got uh, McAvoy belted out I thought they were a great double act. Brilliant double act. They were amazing, but make no bones about it. In the same way that the X-Men, you had uh, a great cast in it, you had yep. a brilliant cast with um, uh, Patrick Stewart. And but McKellen and... Did, listen, yeah. the fanboys, it was all about Wolverine. Yeah, and I'm course. telling you now that going into this film, as a big X-Men fan, it was all about Emma Frost. And she, on okay. paper, when I heard she'd been cast, yeah, yeah, and I saw in Mad Men, and she looks really 60s. She looks so good. I was as, upset as they didn't make her British. I yeah. thought she put, should have put the accent well, on. Well, she can't. Yeah, clearly. Clearly. <laughs> the, and the thing is, she's in Mad Men and she looks yeah. very retro and she I don't know cool. why they didn't just use uh, Sof- uh, Sophia Miles. No, maybe she was too old. Um, but, um, <laughs> well, these, the cast are all teenagers and she's supposed to be a very young age at this point. Okay, yeah. fair enough. So I think she was too old for that. But then again, you know, she's not supposed to have been around at this period in the comic books, so they've altered it. That's cool. Look, my issue is this. On paper... Going off Mad Men, it's amazing. You're basically not... You've allowed to... You, she's played a part. She's yeah. sort of like probably method acting too much. She's playing a, quite a cold sort of yeah. person who's a bit angst-ridden and a bit ne- neurotic. And she's uh, playing that part all right, and yeah, that's it. Well, maybe her range of acting skills is limited to certain sort of roles because I can tell you when I heard she'd been cast her for okay 60s mad men yeah. vibe and they've got a you can see why they cast her and on paper it looks oh. great and it's a, and have we got another hugh jackman have we bollocks got a, no. another hugh jackman she well was i'll, I'll be honest boring. from the film you do get boring. another you do get another hugh jackman in, in i think fastbender's gonna be just uh yeah you but know, that's not what was planned and, yeah. and equally i've got to say that you're saying that you've got another hugh jackman yeah you've yeah, not really i mean you had mccallan Batting it out of the park yeah, with X Men yeah. Two, and he's not. Well, no, 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 no. But both my, awesome actors. My yeah. point is, is that is that he's. I mean, yeah. 
for me, there were three. I'm just telling you yeah. that the fan, but I'm telling you fanboy perspective now. Going to be, they, they, it was all about her, yeah. and they blew it, and that's the only reason why I'd give it. I'm going to give it eight out yeah. of ten, and it would have got ten if I they'd was... have had a cool person really milking that role. It was a this was a vehicle for Emma Frost because for me, to be I, put on. I was expecting it to be after the end of Wolverine. You know, they showed a few of the the young, mm. and I was, and I thought that's where so they that were going with, with it. This no. now, does it? You know what I mean? But I think they just scrubbed that film. Now my expectations yeah. for this were in the toilet until I saw a couple of the trailers. But it, yeah. I really wasn't expecting anything good. And at the end of it, uh, I thought the film was great. I think um, there's obviously a lot of fuss after it that basically yeah. the next Bond's been found, and I'm um, yeah. hard to argue with that. To be honest, he was all right. Um, I still, I still wish they'd uh, give give my choice a, a bit of a belt. You know, give him so a go. What, Mr. Owen? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, no, no arguments here. But Chris he's, Hayes is not but, here, so I'm allowed to mention yeah. him. He hates him. You really? See. Oh, he hates him. Oh, he like thinks he's, he's a rubbish actor, and I just dis- oh, disagree he's no with Sam him. Worthington. He's nowhere near Sam Worthington. He's great. I like that. But I think that given the age he is, I think I think I I would put money on Fassbender being yeah, the next that's, Bond. That's good. But McAvoy, but how how great is it to see someone that was in well, he mm. started off in Shameless, yeah, um, and has literally gone through the ranks and what a performance! He's a fantastic actor, brilliant actor. They, they, so in in a nutshell, because we're going to yep. have to have a break for I'm some. I'm going to give it nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. Yeah, loved it. Yeah, loved nine. It. It's, it was close to a nine with me, but it she, lost one because of a. It is a Kevin yeah. Bacon was great as well. Just have to yeah, say. I'm all, a massive the Bacon cast fan. is great. It's a great film. Go out there and see yeah. it. I mean, I make no reservations about that. I just because at the end of the day, one one character, like I say, I'm being yeah. two. I'm just giving you a fanboy perspective yeah. on it. That that she her performance is yeah. her. She she wasn't her. The, um, you have not seen Emma Frost on screen no. yet, and and the character in the uh, Grant Morrison book, you want to look at it, and that's a character. If if she had her own film, yeah, yeah, she's that stronger character like Wolverine, yeah, yeah. and to just cast some some absolute shit actress like her, yeah. January Jones, yeah. Female Sam Worthington? I wouldn't go that far, but I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I'm not getting excited over anything else. I mean, she plays a um, a moaning neurotic bitch really well in Mad Men, and I think she should stick to that. I feel sorry for whoever she shares a house with. <laughs> Starburst Radio, the greatest radio show in the universe. Every Sunday, 9pm until midnight. Exclusive to Manchester Radio Online. All the latest movie, TV and entertainment news. For a free lifetime subscription, check out our website on starburstmagazine.com.
And welcome back to Starburst Radio, or Manchester Radio Online. And yeah, we had a really good launch party, and one of the best things about it was the creator of Starburst, Mr. Deskin, who we were talking about earlier, a comic, UK comic book legend who started uh, the, the, the whole of the UK Marvel lines and brought him into the stratosphere. He was the head of Marvel UK, he did so much for the industry, and he also created Starburst, and he broke Star Wars as a film in the UK, because nothing covered it, and he was the only person allowed to do it, so that was how Starburst came around. So, uh, yeah, um, Rylan Cavill, our reporter, he decided to get me and Des together and have a little chat, and Des is quite a character, and... I was I was quite impressed by uh, how he dealt with the interview, but I'll just play the interview now, and uh, you can hear ten minutes of me. I'm, him. I'm looking forward to this. This will be great because as you you got to meet him, and he's he's a whirling he's a, dervish he, of Yorkshire energy. Yeah, he's a force <laughs> of nature. That's what he is. So here we go. Let's let's listen to the great man who started this magazine off back in 1978. <laughs> I'm sat here with uh, Lord Royce and Lord Skins, the, uh, the hierarchy of Starburst magazine, and I'd just uh, like to ask, first of all, how are you enjoying working together? It's, it's been good, hasn't it, the last half hour? Well, it's, uh, I, if it carries on the way it started, yeah. we should last at least another half hour, shouldn't mm. we? <laughs> Definitely half an hour, at least. That's good to know. So all... Absolutely. Is, is, it, the, uh... is this to the tune of Judy in disguise with glasses? It might just be. So the, uh, the previous history of Starburst, how do you guys tend to continue that or improve on it in the, uh, in the future? Well, I, I said earlier, it, it was right anyway. Des had a great model and it just needed adapting to a format now that, that could continue. That was it. I can't fault what he did, so I'm not going to argue on that one. I think, I think one of the problems with it was that it went through so many hands that it lost its identity. When you launch a magazine, you put all your time and all your money into it, and it's a passion. When you inherit a magazine from somebody else, it's a job. Now, the difference between a job and a passion, I think, is, is both its aesthetic success and its financial success. If you just churn it out as a nine-to-five man, then it's going to show. The readers pick up on it. They can tell the difference between enthusiastic editors and columnists and people who are just writing 500 words. So I worry that it lost its direction and it allowed for the biggest travesty of all, and that is it died and we've now got the world's biggest science fiction film magazine coming out of this country, but it's not Starburst, it's SFX. Does that upset you a little bit? Disappointed me, yes, uh, because I would have loved Starburst to have been square bound, 148 pages, and the world's top selling science fiction magazine. <laughs> it ain't over yet, Des. Good. It ain't over Good. yet. They do admit, the SFX guys, because I know them, that without Starburst, they wouldn't have launched SFX. So I'd like yeah. to think that... They were pioneers, bringing it to a new generation of people. Yeah, yeah. 
So do you, do you think this uh, this new Starburst magazine, carrying on from the old, will invigorate the young people of today with as much energy and enthusiasm for the genre as you did back in the 70s and 80s and uh, carrying on? Well, I, I think it will for the reason that I, I feel opinions are important and writers need to be writers and that is my mission on this to make sure that they have a voice and they have an opinion and people like them they are the stars of the magazine without them that the magazine doesn't exist and they and they they shouldn't be doing episode guides and spoilers and all that they should be writing about the passion about what they feel about and that's what i've told these guys and we carefully carefully went through this when we were choosing people to do columns and we've got a normal magazine that's printed has maybe eight monthly columns. We've got 22. 20, that's 22 voices with something to say every month. And I, I hope that's something that Des will appreciate that. But going, going back like in, the, uh, in the heydays of uh, Star Wars magazine, how many writers do you have on staff frequently compared to the, the high number we've got at the moment? Well, one major difference was, of course, that these guys had to... Uh, cover the cost of the time they spent on it. So I might not have had quite as many writers <laughs> as it has now. But then equally, it was says, only... It's not the size, it's what you do with it. I'm told that's <laughs> true. <Yes. laughs> um, we, we, we only had uh, 48 to 64 pages per issue by then. And writers would sometimes write things which would be six or seven pages long. Now, I didn't want to restrict the, the, the natural flow of a feature too much, so I tended to keep it fairly open-ended. There were, two, there were basically two kinds of content to the old Starburst. One was columns, where you would get the outspoken opinions of Tony Crawley or John Brosnan or Tice Mahamagi or whoever it may be. But they would always, in a sort of Morse code, dot, dash fashion, they would be interspersed between features, whether they be news features, interviews, retrospectives, whatever they may be. I've always felt that a magazine is a variety show. Yeah, definitely. So you have the juggler, the ventriloquist, the singer, the dancer. They all have to be different. There's no point having eight cynical columnists you need your optimistic your cynical your jaded your blase it excites you a lot now that uh, with the online version you can have almost endless columns it's yes. constantly updatable there's so much free reign when you don't have well, with what a we set do, number of pages we have, we have a format where it's, it is set to a degree in the, on the 14th of every month the columns and the features update but on a daily basis the reviews and the news update so you have both you actually have a magazine where you've got 20 odd columns loads of features and every day you go on all the reviews and the news are up to date and nobody's done that ever nobody's done that brand new this is brand new i think it's a, it's a fascinating uh, new challenge that starburst has got in the 21st century because in a way, I was very lucky, because when I launched Starburst, or House of Hammer, or Doctor Who Weekly, or Warrior, or whatever it may have been I did, I had no competition. Nobody was, do, nobody, nobody was doing it. I've maintained, I've made a career out of doing the obvious. When the Hulk 
was the biggest thing on television in 1979, I launched Hulk Comic. That was a no-brainer. Um, there hadn't been a magazine about Doctor Who, despite it starting in 1963, until I started one in 1979. It was an obvious thing to do. And that magazine's still going strong. And it's still going. I've got a Guinness World Record for it. It's the world's longest-running TV tie-in. That's an accomplishment and a half. Which is cool. Yeah. It's on the toilet door. I know where to put these things. <laughs> I believe, I've, I've, as I said, my point here was I've been very lucky because I've, I've made a career out of doing the obvious. I, um, I, I used to work four doors away from Hammer House. And I thought, oh, why don't I do a magazine about Hammer Films? And they just said yes straight away. See, didn't you think that was the coolest place anyone ever worked, that place, Hammer House? Oh, it yeah. It was amazing, oh. didn't it? <laughs> I used I to get it looked. It was in the credits of Hammer House of Horror. Yeah. It was that good. Yeah. Well, oh, it, it was... Yeah. I, I, I caught the tail end of it all. You know, I, I really wish I'd been able to be there when Hammer was kicking. Unfortunately, I came in when they were doing mutiny on the buses and things like that, yeah. so... They, they, they were just dying out, you know, the final embers. But even so, even though they were at the final embers, the magazine worked, and it gave me the experience and, if you will, balls to, to launch Starburst. Because it, House of Hammer was the first time I really was given a free reign with somebody else's money, but a free reign to do whatever I wished. And I did realise having a free reign is amazing because... I could have said in an editorial in the House of Hammer, by the way, stop buying this and buy Starburst. It's a much better magazine. <laughs> and my employers wouldn't have known until it was printed and there were 35,000 copies out there. So sometimes having a free reign, you, you, you have to self-censor. You know? that, that, that's the thing. There's so many things you can't get away with now. And it's, it's just really? the way it is, isn't it? Yeah. How do you guys cope with Sorry, uh, how do you guys cope with the current censoring of various things? Uh, compared to the old days, how is it now? I think it's quite ridiculous that now you can't get away with stuff that you used to be able to get away with. Stuff that used to be out there is now being censored. So we find, I mean, Kubrick, for instance, withdrew Clockwork Orange for decades. Because he didn't want, I gather this is the reason, because he didn't want a butchered version of it to be out there that, that wouldn't make sense. But I know, like, uh, as a different example, that uh, recent re-releases of uh, Sesame Street, the first series on DVD, oh, yeah. come with a warning for parents yes. because of the, obviously, the different social sort of uh, they scenarios. Do. They do, and it's, it's ludicrous. So, I mean, frankly, I, yeah. from when you started, obviously, to now, the medium's different, the content, I suppose, is very much similar, but what you have in it is different. In a, does it feel similar now to you? when you first started it, this, this new start, does it, does it have the same heart? Does it feel the same for you? I, th I don't... I think we all used to fly by our seat pants. I never was 100% sure what that meant. But we did. We, we, we used to make it up as we went along. And by we, I mean everybody from me in my lowly print position through to George Lucas making films. We made it up as we went along. 
there was no rule book back then. Yeah. I think it's probably the best way for something. Do you feel there's a lot of constriction these days? Yes, that's what I'm saying. There is a lot of restriction these days, and that, that is the, uh, the problem. But we get around some of that because of the internet, which is great. And at that point, the uh, we had to stop the interview because basically the event started to I take think that place. Was my, my that was my booming you. voice. That uh, was you in the background announcing the entertainment. Yeah, which it was, was a couple of great comedians, uh, Gordon yeah. Smith and uh, Graham Goring. Uh, if you've not seen them, check them out. They, yeah. are, they are really very they, good. Oh, they went down really yeah. great, and they're great guys, and we're just very grateful that they came down and helped us uh, do it. So, yeah, we're going to go to a break now, and then we're going to be back with our bone of contention, which is going to be the DC Comics rebooting and rebooting in general. Is it a good or bad thing? And we will find out right after this. Manchester Radio Online is brought to you by Amicus Computers. I sent me pictures in, Mum. I sent them to Stephen Dahl at the SP on a Sunday night. It's on between seven and nine. I like Dawn, but I'm not sure I like Steve very much. I always try to listen. But sometimes I can't because it's bath night. But Mum, can you tape it for me or something? I'm not sure if you can see pictures on the radio.
about us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash Manchester Radio Online. And welcome back to Starburst Radio. And I think, do you know what time it is? Do you know what it is? Uh, Soundbite time, by the looks of your <laughs> but there you go. Anyway, yes, tonight it's quite massive. The universe that what what are we um, about to uh, what are we about to do? I think it was the, it was the DC Comics reboot, wasn't it? You yeah, were saying absolutely. Uh, yeah, you're 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 quite you're quite against this, aren't you? Right. Uh, my my problem with this, quite quite simply, is that we we have a situation coming up now where there's a lot of continuity with DC Comics. I mean, yeah, well, why don't you start by saying how you feel about it and what you well, think? I mean, I, I've... My view on comics is, is is I tend to... I tend not to buy a weekly comic. I tend to buy um, the amalgamations when they're put into... You know, you get, like, a storyline um, yeah. and they'll they'll sell the the book and it's like 15 quid or whatever or maybe yeah. more but it, it's all it's all the issues of of that run yeah. and you get it all in one go um, yeah. so i like to buy them and i like to buy the, the sort of the one-off mini series if you will um okay. from like uh, especially the vertigo that. lines and stuff sure. um so i like that so so my view here is that i mean i from what i can gather just to sort of explain if anyone out there is not sure what's happening uh, DC, am I right in thinking of planning to literally just restart everything? Yeah. So, so from from it's mixed. What what it started to break this news last week. DC Comics, obviously huge. The big yeah, two. Yeah. You've got Marvel, DC, then lots of independents and and other plays. It's it's too many to get into. You, it used yeah, but to DC's just the too. big. It's shit. Well, it's the longest. Yeah. Um, DC Marvel are the two big boys, yeah, of and, course, and, and, it, and, yeah. and in reality, they're, they're the ones that, that drive and push the comic industry. Yes, that's right. Yeah. yeah, and you do have to follow what they do. Uh, I mean, they 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 do sort of dictate some trends along the way, and they do. Yeah. They are powerhouses for the comic book industry. Of course, they are. If you lost both of them, you would be uh, you'd it'd be yeah. absolutely buggered. You know, I mean, yeah. they, they, it's very very important. But DC have continuity going back from 1938 and before that, right. and they've carried on. Now it used to be that all the characters were set on all different worlds, and there was a thing called a multiverse. So you could have a load of heroes that were um, back in action around World War Two time. There'd be a world right. that had all them on. Um, so that explained why Superman was around in World War Two and around in the early seventies and eighties, looking still thirty odd. Yeah, right. Okay. Or, 31 or So they whatever. were just all different versions of So yeah, of so, so okay. they made it out, oh, well, these are on this earth and all that. And then at the end, it got that convoluted. They decided to merge all of it together and have a fresh start. And they did it in 1985, and they retold the uh, all the comic books. They had a thing called Crisis on Infinite Earths. All yeah. the worlds collapsed into one, and it restarted. But the thing was, it did it in a way so that all that continuity before that yeah. was still there. You could still read your action comic from from I I've got an action comic um, number one. Okay. And the uh and obviously that's very expensive and, and it's something that I'd never part with. But the thing is that the 
they, that's still valid under the current situation yeah. because it's like all that did happen and then there was the crisis and then the new world where all these characters started in 1985 all come from that so you can start reading at that point and okay. there's your history and now they're doing it again and, and there's a, a series called Flashpoint out and apparently what is supposed to happen here is it's something's going to happen where it gets rebooted so that the entire universe, according to this, all the comic books that are now currently in issue 900 and 6, 712 yeah. or 13 or whatever it is with Batman, all them are being restarted from number one. Now, it's not being specific about what's happening. Are they actually starting at the beginning with a retelling of the origin or are they doing whatever? Because there's some, there's a version See, of Bat- Batman year one yeah. is, de- is deemed to be the origin of Batman. Everyone thinks yeah, it's the course, most yeah. Well, it's, version, it's, it's great, the yeah, definitive yeah. origin but is that getting jettisoned are they going through a new origin is everything restarting recently batman got killed off and then he came back but he let um his son damian wayne be robin and and dick grayson his ward who was robin become batman and yeah. they, you've got a new batman and robin team is that jettisoned is it what what where are we at it's been very vague about it yeah. and they're not telling people what so in a worst case scenario so, for you worst case scenario is yeah. is a complete reboot i take it yeah the, the worst be... case scenario to me i I, you see, I spoke to Philip Buchan about this, and he's reassured me, and that he's saying to me, "Well, I'm, he sees it as quite a positive thing, but I still have my reservations, even though I do agree with what he's saying, and that is that this guy Jeff Johns is very famous um, writer, yeah. and he's rebooted." All the a lot of characters and and he's a massive part of it. Well, I'd argue without him, you wouldn't be having a Green Lantern. Movie no, you wouldn't be having a Green Lantern movie. He basically yeah. rebooted Green Lantern. He uh, he did a, a uh, was it six or seven issue miniseries called uh, Green Lantern Rebirth, and he reestablished the character. But not only did he reestablish the character, yeah, he brought he added stuff to it yeah. and he made the mythos massive and you had other lanterns you had red lanterns you had all the whole spectrum of colors he added a myth to it and a big story part of which is all being brought to the screen yeah yeah now he's done that so that's that's great now is that getting wiped is that getting restarted is everything uh, that you've read i'm now, assuming if he's behind because from what i've read he, th- him and jim, jim lee, lee are jim redoing lee. The, yeah. the justice he, league and they're doing like a yeah. secret origin now, I don't for like jim lee, the justice so there's league. a problem for you straight away because i don't like his artwork now, which as an artist is probably a problem um it's a problem <laughs> but he can't draw every single comic book so it's not going to ruin everything yeah. for me but they've decided to do the justice league but mm. i've seen the the cover artwork for it and they just look like a load of children they yeah, look I mean, like they've I, made them I'm a, a massive younger. in terms and, of I'm dc sorry, they, they've got to be older than that i'm a huge huge fan of alex ross's stuff um, and I like the fact that, you know, you look at it, Batman's got... He's, well, he's a famous artist, yeah, and anyone listening, if you've ever seen a copy or, or a piece of artwork where these, the Superman might look a bit older or more punch, realistic, you know what I mean? if it's, you ever see uh, any of these superheroes, the DC ones or whatever, and they look quite a realistic yeah. picture of them, um, that's generally Alex Ross. Yeah. yeah, He's very good, but he's very realistic as well yeah. in his approach. But the thing is, Jim Lee... This guy, I don't like him. I don't like his artwork, and I don't like the redesigns. I don't like what the, the, the artwork that I've seen that he's done of it because he draws mm. them too fantastical. Right, okay. The, the girls are all all massively, stupidly long legs, massive bonk, bloody <laughs> boobs, and bloody 
they just look stupid, to be honest, sometimes. He sometimes gets that carried away that it's just ridiculous and you can understand why do you think that he maybe gets a pick bit... it up and go what is this is this ju- it's just a wank mag almost some of the stuff that he draws and then maybe you... that's why he does it yeah and all know? the guys <laughs> all the guys own. are all built with big oil drum chests and big ridiculous they look like bane they look yeah. like all pumped up and yeah. and i don't like that look and and that's unfortunate because a lot of people do and a lot of our and some readers do i don't so the fact that they've handed that to him to redesign the aesthetic look of it i think is is not great now to me. me it seems seems quite a naked move to uh no pun intended with regard to jim lee stuff but um uh to grab a younger audience yes um, no, that's, I'm not sure. That's what it's for. Yeah. It's trying to make it so that somebody can come along now and then go, right, OK, I've not been following continuity all these years. Someone can go along and not have read um, the last God knows how many years of, of, of a title and not know. But that, yeah. there's a skill to this anyway where you can. there's always been jump-on points there's yeah. always been jump on I've always now be- where they'll get a new artist, a new creative team, and they'll go right, and they almost set it from then. So that if you start reading from then, you'll do that. And occasionally they'll mention something that went on a long time ago. But I've always viewed comics very much as um, be- again, be- probably because I don't buy one every week, and I tend to just buy books and series and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I always tend to view a character has an origin, and everything that's written from that point. It's yeah. just stuff that happened over the course of this character's yes. life, so it doesn't necessarily have to... It, you know, you can no, get the odd plot not. hole, you can get whatever. Yeah. So in terms of them rebooting here, I, I mean, personally, I think if it's if sales are falling and they're struggling and, and it's something that they're doing, it's a big risk. Well, they're falling, I don't they're necessarily, falling all around. They're I don't necessarily see it as a bad, as a bad thing, because if, if it allows someone to... St- to go, all right, this is this is where I get on. Yeah, but they've done it before, you see. Yeah. And this is my problem. And they've not done it to this scale, but it's happened loads. Marvel have done it tons. I mean, they they renumbered and started at number one with this. They've they've got an absolutely dreadful, dreadful reboot going on at the moment, Marvel, with yeah. uh, the Fantastic Four. Dreadful. Oh, the Future I've, Foundation. Yeah, I've seen this. They've it's, killed uh... off Johnny Storm. They, they, that's one of the they've... longest running Marvel comic books of the lot. It was getting them to its rules, getting up for 600 or whatever. Yeah. I can't remember the number though now. Um, but it was massive and it's gone. And they, you now have the Future Foundation with the Fantastic Four, um, the, but they're called the Future Foundation with a big white jumpsuit and Spider-Man's joined them. Um, yeah, I, I saw that. I wasn't a huge fan of the, of, of um, the new outfits. I thought the... <laughs> Uh, it's just one of well, those. It's it, boring, it, it, it's, isn't it? it's it's smacked it's, a little of change for change's sake. Oh, and, grief! Uh, it's so. I've got to say, I read the first one, and it's yeah. just rubbish. Yeah, and I don't care what anyone says. It's absolute rubbish. It's rubbish story. The characters are not interesting. The whole thing. They're all. Oh, it's just terrible. And that's my point. Yeah, and that. I'll make no bones about it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna call that now. Yeah. That's not gonna work. Yeah. And okay. they're gonna have to abandon that because sales are gonna go. 
and they will. What do they do, right? If it doesn't work, are they able to just go renumber it from where it was? Or yeah, well, they do that. They've done. They've, they've so gone back say, to right, the old. It's... When it was heading towards issue five hundred and six hundred to some yeah. of these recently, yeah, they've gone and gone right. We renumber it, and then they basically continue the count from whatever number they stop, and then add whatever issue run and all that. But I'm just going to say that there was a disastrous version of this done by Marvel. And and it happened, and it was called Heroes Reborn. And if you actually yeah. look this up on the internet and just just tap it in, Google it, and find out, you find this whole debacle out. Okay. They decided the same thing: too much convoluted back history. We want young people to read it. So Marvel go, okay, fine. And they decided that uh, there was this big fight, and basically all the cow- all these superheroes got killed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all them didn't get killed. They get, they woke up in another universe, yeah, and those and they kept they kept the X Men and the Hulk and a few others back on on Earth. So and the big sellers, yeah, and they <laughs> not all the big sellers, no, because okay. you had um, they kept Spider Man and they kept that, but with yeah. with Captain America with um, and and the Avengers yeah. as well and all the rest of them, they they literally had them start again. So they and they started at issue one. Yeah, well, sales went. They nearly brought Marvel down. Yeah, Whoa. because the sales plummeted that much. People hated the new versions, and oh, let me think now. So they Jim pulled Lee, a classic Jim, Coke, did Jim they? Lee was doing the Fantastic Four, and and he was also doing Captain America, and they looked nothing like the characters uh, before. And he'd radically yeah. altered the now, costumes. Now, for me, comic books are always for for me as 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 the writing is. I mean, the writing's important. Don't yeah. get me wrong in terms of plot structure and all that, but yeah. f- for me, if I don't like the look of a comic, I, sh- yeah. I struggle to read it. Yeah, to the well, point well, where we're just like, well, I, how I, many issues do you think that went on for? The Heroes Reborn. Sh- what one a week is it? So well, no, maybe no, a month. Oh, a month, Monthly, not a month. Okay, right. Um, well, probably what six months. No, no, you go longer than that. You got yeah. twelve to a year, a year. twelve, right, okay. twelve issues. Good. Well, you've got to bear in mind, right? You can't make these decisions quick. Oh, of course, yeah. It's like steering an oil tanker. Isn't well, it? you've yeah. got four. It's like steering an oil tanker. That's yeah. a great analogy because what you're doing is you've got four months worth of scripts, stories, art boards, the whole yeah. lot. You've got to get involved in all that. When I go right, change it. They there's four a, months a, from yeah. now they'll have to start doing that. So yeah, it's pretty much they hit the panic button after six months to the point of yeah we've got to get out of this guys. And then amazing, what did you have then? Heroes return. They had you had them all back in their own yeah. comics with the new and the the had a sash on the top. Heroes return and it had them all coming back and and yeah, yeah. you know it's just uh, like what's that phrase slave, you you, you use? Is it the uh, the the ultimate? Shitbag shuffle. It's what I say, yeah, the northern phrase that covers a lot of this, and it happens a lot with creative types. It's called the shitbag shuffle. And it it basically means that you get all gung ho and you go in there, and then all of a sudden it starts going wrong, and you start going, oh, oh, where's the door out of here? Let's get out. And and they never admit, they never, never, ever admit they made a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. They always make it like this was part of our run and all that. DC did it. They um, they had the the Flash after about a year ago. They decided to let his uh, the kid Flash be the main character, and okay. Bar Allen, and it ran for thirteen issues, and then um, that was it. And it. Sales were going down the floor, and then then they went back to Wally West, the Flash, and and then yeah. Reed carried on the numbering and did all that. And then when they made the statement about it, it's oh yes, we considered this would be a limited run, and they went. Yeah. 
bollocks you did. See, you what, did not have anything other than a long-term plan for that. And where I think it would work it? for DC you know. is if they decide to... Because I, I really like the, the Bruce Timm stuff, the animated... Um, yeah. The, like the JLA and the um, the Batman stuff. Yeah. Really, really good. Now, I think that they if they do the reboot with some new some new stuff along that line and mm. um, tie it in a lot better i i, I think they could well, have a winner some, there's some stuff there's some stuff to consider on it i think we'll have, we'll have a final break before we crack on to go through a little bit more and see if there's any other uh, problems that i've got with this and um, we'll be back soon <laughs> Where would you go? If you haven't been, go. The Odd Couple. <sighs> we couldn't get anyone else. ManchesterRadioOnline.com. Call 0161 565 ManchesterRadioOnline.com 
And welcome back to Starburst Radio, where the bone of contention still rages about the DC Comics reboot and whether or not it's okay to renumber your entire line at number one, even though you've been printing them for 50 years and you have all that history that people have been investing in and collecting these comics and... I mean, I, there, there was a funny trailer on the, you know, the Hitler trailer. Oh, that, yes, that yes, gets yeah, yeah, with yeah, the, yeah. From Downfall, that got that done was on, on this. The, yeah, I yeah, saw, I saw that on the... It's on the front cover of Starburst the, yeah, magazine. Yeah, I saw that today. Um, um, if you have a look at it, starburstmagazine.com. I find with those, it's, they, they, they work, provided that it's funny and it's written well. And that one is... It's a, re- it's a it's really, really, it's a funny, really funny it? one, and even actually. the bits of where he's going on about comic stores. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's hilarious. Check um, it out. Because I've seen some rubbish that. ones. Of oh, them, the, but... yeah, I got bored with seeing them all yeah. about everything, but the, this one is actually very well done. Yeah. But yeah, they back back onto it. Now, what worries me is that that the there is a cynical side to this where Jeff Johns can be trusted and he can well, and he, he's a great he understands writer, he understands these characters and he's brilliant at it and and he's rebooted all of them and he's done he's brought the Barry Allen flashback who I love I love the flash it's my favorite uh, comic book character I yeah. love the flash I've always been a, um, fascinated by his powers and if you get a good writer he can do that Really well, and I, I, you know when someone understands a character where in Flash he did Flash Rebirth, yeah, yeah. to bring him back and bring him, you know, make him relevant. So he did, uh, he did that, and it, all through the years, the Flash and Superman have had little races on right. in the comics, yeah. and it always does the shitbag shuffle yeah. and shows you um, one one issue. He'll ju- it, it's always a tie, basically. Yeah, okay, always yeah. was because you didn't want to upset Superman fans or Flash yeah, and yeah. all that. But fans of the Flash is the Flash fast. Man alive, yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, and, it seems to me that Superman's got other things that he can do. Yeah, that and he, that's what I mean. He can do, so, yeah. so uh, there's a certain thing that b- burns away if you're a fan of that character that yeah. you've always wanted to see, and he did it in about the fourth issue of, of Flash Rebirth. Jeff Johns wrote a bit with simple yeah. bit, it's brilliant, just a few frames where he was running to. Uh, get away from something that he was worried it'd bring danger to the people around him and the Flash was, the Superman was flying at the side of him going look I'll, I'm with you I don't going to let you deal with this on your own he went no I'm going and all that and he went look I'll keep up with you I'm not going to let you run off and I've sometimes even beat you and all that and he just looked at him and he just yes Clark but those races were for charity and he just goes bang <laughs> and he's gone and there's nice. a cloud of dust and it says if yeah any time you wanted Superman I could have left yeah. you in a cloud of dust because I am the fastest man alive quality yeah. and, no, and that's, that's why it's a great character yeah. and and it's going to be a film next year oh, they're wow. working on it now and that's great but again all these things, they're restarting them all at number one. Again, he's only just done Flash Rebirth and redone all that. See, so is that then going in the bin? I'm it thinking. Be, no, no, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I think, I think reading into it, I can't see how they would do a complete etch a sketch of the DC universe and just start from point yeah. because because you you may as well at that stage just put two fingers up to everyone that's been buying from you for the last, well, like I've you say, got, 40, 50 years. I, it's just... I would absolutely scream, yeah. I I would absolutely scream, so diabolically, um, if if I thought that they were all worthless, what I've been buying all these years. I Because if, if I, I think I, I might have spent 
many, many thousands of pounds. I know I have yeah. on it, and I just feel it's like, oh, please, probably more than you think. Please don't ruin I've, it. Please. I've seen that room, which is just comic boxes for as far yeah. as the the eye can see. That that is the. It's like the, the warehouse the in Indiana Jones. <laughs> well, that, that's why I don't want it to be. You know. You know what I mean, don't you? Oh, absolutely. But I mean, it, it, again, I'm I'm sort of gonna gonna reserve judgment until until I see what they do. It, it could potentially be a very good thing. Uh, certain characters may may need uh, a, a complete reboot. From what I've read, they seem to just be focusing on the fact that the origin of of why the Justice League got together was never really told, and that's the story that John that Jeff Johns is focusing well, it was, on, wasn't it? I mean, you've well, got. A I don't know. I mean. Of- We've I'd got say, the first I've, issue I've, of, of the Justice League of America. Yeah. And, um, is it any good or is it all right? Or is it... Well, ob- obviously, look, I'm just being... Yeah. Oh, as you're talking 50s, 60s comic yeah. books, you read them now. If I showed them to some 19-year-old comic book kid who's just reading the graphic novel of the Goon yeah. and I show them that, they'll, they, they'll, they'll see the historical... Of, yeah. of it, the, but yeah. they're not going to get excited about a giant multicoloured starfish that they're fighting. And oh. that, that unfortunately is the... Uh, the mighty Starro. Starro, indeed. Ah, uh, see, so you know, though. I know. So I feel much less of a... Do you know how I know this? Because it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's from my Justice League uh, Monopoly set. Oh, that, is that what you've... That, uh, that, 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 that I've actually just donated to to, to Fab because I, I can't fit it in my house. But it gets robbed. That's that city living for oh, you. No, no, that's that. That's that. that is, so that is denigrating robbed. my customer base. No, it's not. <laughs> I'm just saying that... Yeah, right, right. They're an honest that lot. That is not uh, denigrating your customer base <laughs> at all, right? I'm just saying that if you put a Justice League of America, a Monopoly set, if I was to put money on it, I put it in uh, whatever bar, I put it in Matt and Fred's jazz bar on Old yeah. Street, yeah. No, you're putting it in a, in a cult television movie theme bar. And I, I, I kind of think they're going to know what and, it is. And yeah. I trust I trust them. Yeah. I might take I a massive deposit on it, going. but it's... Uh... <laughs> it's going. I, I, they're eyeing it up now. They're eyeing it up right now as we speak. Alright, okay. Well, 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 you can do some form of contest don't, where, don't where, it, where, where if readers can, can uh, I say, uh, can uh, email in and, and, and do a spread over the weeks and see... You know they're all listening. See how many weeks Don't, weeks yeah. I think it's going to be before it goes. Yeah, you know they're all listening now. You <laughs> yeah. know you've gone and you've you've really blown it now. Well, we've had a, uh, an email off uh, Paul Mount. He's uh, been listening, so... Yes. Hi, hi um, I am to trying Paul. to just find that information. Ah, right, yes. That, um, uh, that, that he, he, he is requiring there. Um, it's, uh, he's, it's that theme that from Dexter, Dexter it's yeah. actually off the original soundtrack and I just having a little bit of a glitch on um who it is I'm trying to remember now but uh it's um just just a second I'm trying to call it up see here well I if you can't it, find it now I'm I'm oh, sure you I'm sure you you're in contact not drive you mad when you you get something like this and you've got oh uh, it's like it, it's it's me crazy. It, it, it's like the mental equivalent of blue screen of death. Yeah. Well, actually, well, no, that's probably not fair. So that's a complete crash. It's more like the the, the, the annoying circle that yeah. just keeps turning, no. t- mocking you that you know it's just yeah, no, it's, I know. Is, is it isn't no. going to happen. No, no, I can't find it at the moment. Oh but, well, uh, I will. I will. Do you know? Every single week, I have a printout of all the music. Yeah, yep. and you know, tonight is the first week that I've not done it and I forgot to do it and uh, I've been caught out but, <laughs> it's always but, the way it's off the original soundtrack anyway yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, 
I'll, I'll, I'll be happy to mail in sure. a copy of it. So on the bone of contention, what's what's our final? Sort My of, final uh, thing is I'm worried. I'm yeah. just worried, and I trust I trust I look, I trust Jeff Johns, yeah, yeah. and I trust. But you hate that, Jim Lee. I don't hate him. I don't like his artwork. Okay. And if you were to say to me, "Oh, who would you choose to do that?" I would have chosen someone else. I don't rate Jim Lee. I'm sorry if there's big fans of his work out there listening to me. I I don't have anything against him. I just his style is a bit. I think he's aimed at young people. Yeah, he's, he hasn't. He's my... the, the, that picture that's going out, that's on the net, that you can have a look at if you have a search for it, is. Um, is he responsible like, for that Power like Girl kids. picture? I can't remember now. These are these because it's as you describe, basically a pneumatic blonde. They all, they with... all, all these women look like yeah. Power Girl, and if yeah. there's comic book fans out there, they'll get the joke in that one. In that she has a certain um, costume that um, <laughs> she's a healthy looking woman. Let's just leave it at that, yeah. Very healthy-looking woman. But I think, well, she will just leave it at that. You know, we've gone about eight minutes over tonight, but we had to deal with lots and lots and lots of interviews and stuff, and we wanted to try and share with you some of the uh, some of the night that we had yeah. on well, Thursday. Well, on behalf of... Some people couldn't come, you see, so yeah. if there are any writers that couldn't make it, at least you've got to hear some of the people that you are working yeah. with. Well, on, on behalf of Fab, it was great to have... Uh, the magazine's launch party there uh thanks for that and uh, mm. also thank you very much to the writers and to des skin came Absolutely. down it was great great meeting you all and hopefully uh yeah you will uh you will come in again and i will see you soon and you're happy that half of them are from from your neck of the woods absolutely well, it was great. like a, it was like a homecoming you see but uh no particularly you like you like paul mouth's column and you're dying to meet him so oh, that it was, he, it that was, was, very it was good. great so we will we will have fun. I'm had two minutes to deal with anything since then, and and I had I lost Friday. I lost because <laughs> quite literally I had yeah. a skinful. Yeah, I can and understand. That's, that's uh... the worst joke ever, isn't it? <laughs> but the problem is, I can, you cannot keep pace with him, and he's not that he's some alcoholic or whatever. He just is, seems to be immune to the, the to man. It. The man is 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 like um, I yeah. He, you just. You, had it right, perfect. A force of nature. Is a force, force of nature. He's exhausting to watch. <laughs> I mean, God, good grief. He's. He, I mean, God. I think he's going to lift a two hundred. That guy. He's just <laughs> absolutely. He's never knackered. He's just. And every single person that goes up to him. And this is a really famous guy in the comic book world. And he's yeah. got Sam for everyone. Yeah, no, he's, he's he, great. He's, like that. Um, he's brilliant. So yeah, we. Uh, that's not too bad. We have got uh, Chris Hayes. Who will be? Uh, he will be back. In fact, is he back now? I don't know. He certainly was getting on a plane on Sunday to come back. I think he couldn't have possibly been back in time for the program. But I believe there's some news. Was he Corfu, uh, to, was he? Yeah, Corfu. He's been to a, a friend's wedding. Well, there's been and, a tweet. Uh, uh, has they? Yeah, I mean, well, I, considering I we're all here, then that, I, I guess that means that to, someone's uh, uh, back there. Starburst underscore mag. So if you're on yes. Twitter, make That's sure it. you follow. And everyone um, who's listening tonight, don't yeah. forget to uh, to get on to starburstmagazine.com. You can check out the uh, the brand new trailer for the Twilight Saga oh, Breaking. Graham, you know you do. You do realise what that means. That's the end of the show, isn't it? That's the. I, I um, love this tune. That's the thing. It's great. Well, it means that we have to go home when that happens, oh. you see. So, uh, yeah, it's been a great show. Thank you very much, Graham. Thank you very much for, for having for me. For not wrecking the studio <laughs> this time and getting me in loads of trouble. Well, I felt I owed you one, so, uh, so it was... So, Chris Hayes will be back.
with me next week. And we will be having a new bone of contention, more movies, more news. Get on to StarburstMagazine.com. I've been Mike and he's been Graham. And we'll see you next week. Starburst Radio, the greatest radio show in the universe. Every Sunday, 9pm until midnight. Exclusive to Manchester Radio Online. 
All the latest movie, TV, and entertainment news. For a free lifetime subscription, check out our website on starburstmagazine.com. 